When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I come over, we end up hooking up, we end up banging it out. Right? It's amazing how that works out. <laughs> yeah. Like it was I, like it was like no, not even no no effort. It started becoming a regular thing. And I heard that she got with somebody. I heard she got a boyfriend. So almost two months later, she hits me up. She's like, "Hey, come on over." I'm like, "No, oh, okay." And that night, I'm leaving her dorm room, and I hear another door open up behind me. So that's another dorm somewhere down the hall. Open up, another guy's leaving. He notices where I come out of. He realizes that I just came out of his best friend's girlfriend's room. You're listening to the premier podcast for men who want to not only be better with women, but want to be better men in general. This is the Come On Man podcast. And here's your host, Paul Bauer. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another week of Come On Man. If you haven't done so already, please comment. (laughs) Please like, subscribe, hit those notifications. Drop a comment below. Any comment will do. If you guys are watching on Monday, Monday morning, and it's the premiere, uh, you know, Monday morning's episodes aren't live, but uh, I do post them as a premiere on Monday mornings on YouTube. So uh, sound off in the live chat because I'm I'm usually in there editing editing clips uh, for the morning. So I'm usually in there. So, you know, sound off. And then also there's a chat replay so you can, you know, leave your ideas and stuff like that. And then people can go back and see what your, your thoughts were as the podcasts go on. So do that. Also, if you're listening on an audio version, right? Like on iTunes or whatever, leave us a five-star review and actually write out why you like the show. Um, If you write out a five-star review on Apple podcasts, I periodically go through that and I will read your review on the air. So uh, that's a, That's a free way to get a shout out. Follow me on all social media. The links are in the description. I'm on all the good social media platforms. I'm really trying to get more people to follow me on Instagram though. I I really like Instagram as a platform. I have a new TikTok account too, which I've been saying for the last couple of weeks. It's at best men's pod. The link's in the description for that as well, but I'm really trying to grow my Instagram now. TikTok can uh, eat eat a bag of, (laughs) Schlongs. <laughs> oh, support the podcast, guys. Join the Patreon, patreon.com slash come on man pod. That's patreon.com slash come on man pod. You can join for as little as $10. And uh, that will get you on the beer credits at the end of Monday's episodes. Plus, you get, you know, all of these Monday episodes uh, ad free. So, all the interviews without the intro and outro stuff, no commercials. Um, if you don't like commercials, Join the Patreon for 10 bucks. And then um, everyone during the the month of February, is this episode coming out in February? Let me see here. I'm recording this ahead of time. So, ooh, this is like the last, <laughs> last Monday in February. So this is your last chance, guys. You have today, if you're listening on Monday, and you have tomorrow, Tuesday, uh, to take advantage of this offer, but anyone that's on the Patreon the entire month of February gets the Law of Attraction course for 50% off. So 
if you've been waiting to do it, like this is your last chance. Okay. This offer is going away. This is going away. And then uh, law of attraction is going back to full, full price. Um, but speaking of the practical law of attraction course, I'm going to be playing an ad for that here in a minute. But if you feel like you're, you're stuck, right? You're stuck in life, whether it's, you know, your health, relationships, finances, whatever. If you feel like you just keep spinning your wheels, no matter what you do, you keep ending up with the same results. There's a reason for that. And it starts with your mindset. And my course will teach you how to reprogram your mind using things like affirmations and, uh, you know, audio recordings that you listen to at night, stuff like that to reprogram your subconscious mind to achieve goals so big, it will blow your mind. So check out that course, loa.comeonmanpod.com. Get on the email list, list.comeonmanpod.com. If you do, I will send you some free stickers as well. Um, you know, I'm, I've been sending these out like crazy to people. So if you, if you, uh, are on the list. If you haven't received an email from me saying, Hey, what's your, what's a good mailing address for me to mail these to you? It might be in your spam folder. So check that out. Uh, or, you know, DM me on Instagram and say, Hey man, I signed up for your email list, but I never, I never got an email from you. Cause, uh, you know, I'm using MailChimp to manage all that. And, and a lot of mail providers are just immediately putting that in spam. So, DM me on Instagram and, uh, in, you know, if, if that's the case, if you're on the email list, DM me and I will, uh, I'll, I'll get these out to you. No problem. But I'm really just trying to build an email list in case I ever get deplatformed again, you know? Um, other than that, uh, let's get into my guest today. My guest is Glenn Lawrence. He is the uh, producer and co-host of the Dragon Ship podcast on YouTube with uh, with our mutual friend RP Thor. He also has his own YouTube channel. He's a really good guy. He's he's uh, a producer now for Paul Benjamin, uh, Apex Mindset. Paul Benjamin. He's doing uh, production work for him too. But oh, and then Glenn's also you know an actor in Hollywood. He's been in some Hollywood films. Um, Interesting guy. Interesting guy. He's he's sort of a uh, religious red pillar. But uh, the reason why I had him on the podcast was he once had to deal with uh, false. I got and I got to say it for for the YouTube algorithm. Uh, false grape allegations when he was in the military. Uh, so he used to be in the military, and uh, he had to he, he had to deal with all this stuff. Those false allegations caused him to go through a lot of PTSD, you know? So there's a lot of guys out there that are afraid to talk to women because of situations like this. Now, uh, this is a pretty long episode. I think, I think this goes for about two hours because <laughs> it's a really fascinating conversation. We get into all that. We get into a bunch of other stuff too. Great conversation. Uh, grab your popcorn because uh, we're, we're, we're going in. We're going in deep on this one. This is actually a really good interview. And Glenn's a good guy to know. So stay tuned for that. And uh, otherwise, I will bring you that conversation right after these words. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. 
Do you want a positively unfair advantage in life? Most people tiptoe through life hoping they'll make it safely to death. They let life happen to them. Up until now, I'm assuming that's been your situation. Am I right about that? But you know deep down that you're destined for more. You know that you deserve more money or better relationships. Yet you're stuck doing the same thing over and over again, getting the same results. That ends today because you're gonna check out my Practical Law of Attraction course. My Practical Law of Attraction course will give you the tools necessary to write your own story. You will be in the driver's seat of your life, not just the passenger. Your life is already getting better because you're listening to this message right now. Access this course at loa.comeonmanpod.com. That's loa.comeonmanpod.com. When you're done with this course, the results that you see for yourself will be better. Others will see how your life is changing for the better. And you'll know that everything in this course is true because your life will be better. But the choice is up to you. You have to decide if you want to stay where you are or achieve goals so big that it will blow your mind. The law of attraction is nothing without action. So what are you waiting for? Act now. All right, joining me is the Hollywood heartthrob of the Manosphere. He's also the producer and co-host of the Dragonship podcast on YouTube with our mutual friend, R.P. Thor. He's also now producing for our other mutual friend, Paul Benjamin, on Apex Mindset, right? Uh, it's my man, Glenn Lawrence. What's going on, brother? What's going on, man? How you been? I've been, I've been good, man. Uh, this, is, uh, this is good. I like that you reached out to me about this story. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and how you actually had to deal with, and we're, you know, we're, <laughs> we're playing this on YouTube. So we have to call it grape because we can't be adults on YouTube. We mm -hmm. can't say, we can't say words, you know, that normal people say. No, so, we, we can't call it what it really is. We, we no. have to, we have to say kid-friendly words that rhyme with great punch and, uh, you know, <laughs> um, it's, yeah. It's, it's so it's it's so ridiculous that you can't have an adult conversation. You know, it's funny too because like my channel, it's marked as you know for you know not for kids. You know, yeah, same here. Yeah, so it's like why why is it even an issue that we're talking about this? One thing I did notice today, right? Because we were talking about this uh, backstage. Uh, I just started a new TikTok account, mm -hmm. and on I noticed with the new TikTok account, I can actually set individual videos to be 18 plus which is something i've yeah. been asking for for a long time like that's awesome <laughs> yeah see the but this, the sad thing is like i think if you put it at 18 plus it like doesn't put it up in the search really well like oh. like it, it like your algorithm it doesn't work with the algorithm really well you don't get like really good traction oh, um god i like, hate that <laughs> like i just got like they just struck youtube just struck a couple of my videos with 18 plus because I oh. have mine, I have mine set for not for kids. Oh yeah, well, if you're talking about YouTube, I, one thing that I've noticed is that pretty much by default, every video I upload now, they mark it or they immediately demonetize it. They immediately put limited ads on it, and so then I have to go through after posting and say review manual review, and then yeah. it gets cleared. Like almost all of them get cleared. It's just like, dude, why are you guys doing this to me? You know. Man, they 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 they'll once you get on their radar and they start shadow banning you, like YouTube will get will keep you quiet, you know. Yeah. I, I, I when Apex when Paul from Apex told me that he think he was you know, he was shadow banned, I was like, 
dude, your stuff is not even triggering. Like you don't even, he's, he, Paul's the most delicate, polite person, you know, when mm-hmm. he's like pro- being professional, he's yeah. very cautious in his delivery. You know, he, he tries to, he, he, he does a really good job at walking that line where he could be honest, but also, you know, say things that are true, but without upsetting anybody, you know, like, so for him to be shadow banned, I'm like, what's wrong with you? I, yeah. When he told me that, I was like, you are like, cause I, I will, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I've toned it down quite a bit trying to color within the lines in these, these platforms, but yeah, like when I first got on TikTok in uh, in 2021, like I was, you know, every other word was an f bomb. I mean, I, I'm a sailor though, you know, like. <laughs> oh yeah, no, you guys don't. That's that's part of your vocabulary. Like, if right. you're a sailor and you do not cuss, like something. You have to wonder about me. Am I really yeah, a like, sailor? Like, are you, were you really a sailor, or did you just like go to basic training and then you ran out of, you know? Um, what are the, they have you guys your timeout cards, right? You know, your timeout from training cards. We, we didn't, that was, uh, that came after, after my time, but I, the stress cards, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. like, oh, stress, yeah. need time out from stress. I'm stressed. Like, yeah. The, the, the my, my, uh, there, right? I can't say the P word, uh, my vagina, my vagina hurts. Yeah. You, your badge card? <laughs> you put on your pink, you put on your pink uh, beanie, right? And you guys are like, right. timeout. Yeah, uh, you're in the Air Force, right? Yes. Air Force. Uh, what were they called? Drill sergeants in in uh, Air yeah, Force. TIs. Um, TIs. Yeah, TIs. Okay, so we called them RDCs in the Navy. Yep. Re- recruit division commanders. <laughs> yep. RDC. Can I can I have some Vagisil? My <laughs> my my vagina hurts. <laughs> I need some Motrin. <laughs> I need some Motrin and a and a chocolate bar. Right. <laughs> oh man, oh, we're man. terrible. So uh so yeah, so we were gonna discuss how you had to deal with false grape allegations yeah. when you were in the military, but before we get to that, um so you joined the you joined the Air Force. Uh when did you join and approximately how long were you in? So I joined um the funny thing is. Okay, so I left for basic on the 20th of April in 20, 2003. Okay. Yeah. I had just I had just gotten out of the Navy. I got out in 2002. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was 23. <laughs> and um, I went in. I remember, like, I went, I went to MEPS march like the march right prior to mm-hmm. um finally got for, my paperwork through for the uh, non-military people meps is a military entrance processing station that's where you yeah. go to to join get your get your ass looked at your it's, asshole looked at. It's where you, it's, where you be, it's the first time you get violated by strangers that you don't know in a, in a lineup with other strangers you don't know <laughs> right. they, ha- they literally have you bend over and spread your butt cheeks and they just look at your asshole they don't with touch other guys in the room in line with you. Like, yeah. it's not like you do it by yourself. You got no privacy. It's just like, <laughs> hey, guys, hold your nuts, bend over, cough, you know, like. Right. The worst oh. part for me was, uh, I mean, that was that was kind of degrading, but but the whole duck walking thing on, on the tile floor, on barefoot, on your heels walking, yep. that hurts, man. <laughs> that is not, that's man. not comfortable. 
that was that was and like it wasn't like they didn't even have like any like sympathy or like you know like because i was like young guys 18 like i never been in that scenario where i was that to be like the locker room is one thing but we're not doing shit we're just getting dressed you know so right. no, like, you don't have guys literally saying bend over spread your spread ass your cheek. cheeks let me yeah. look at your asshole <laughs> yeah, that's that's a, that's a new thing like you didn't even <laughs> see that in porn <laughs> back then <laughs> you know yeah. so um it's like they had no sympathy like they, they just put brand new through like cattle like hurry up just like spread them just go. you know what though you know what though uh wouldn't you be that way too if you had to look at people's assholes for a yeah. living you're like oh get that come on get out of here i would even do my job i probably just like i would like look at like a mole or something on like their thigh i'm like yeah good go spread them <laughs> you <Right>. know like, <laughs> it was awful awful experience uh for you guys out there that that have never served in the U.S. military. If you uh, haven't gone through it yet, you guys haven't lived. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get ready to live, guys. <laughs> you, haven't, you haven't lived until you've been violated. <laughs> um, well, one so thing no. that one thing that people that just don't understand, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, veterans, you know, is that you know we literally sign away our life like we sign away all rights to ourselves we become government property you can if you're if your command wants to be assholes to you if you go out and get a tattoo on like liberty you go out you know in town and get a tattoo and they want to be a dick they can write you up and send you to njp for yeah uh, destruction of government property, government property. I, I got a couple i got some <laughs> when I was you know it's funny i got i got most of my tattoos while i was in and I wasn't like, you would think I was a sailor, you know, like <laughs> as, as many tattoos that I end up acquiring while I was in, like, yeah, um, you would think I was a sailor. And it's funny thing is like, well, we'll get to that part later. Cause I ended up, my, my ex-wife ended up becoming a sailor. Like mm. after we, after we got married um, and after I served, um, I had a friend that's a Navy recruiter. Um, good friend of mine, still really good friend. We talk like all the time still. Um, you know, it's funny because he just hit me up about you recently, uh, following your podcast. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a retired chief now. He's out, um, and he he does uh, nuclear engineering. Okay. He, he's always traveling the world. Like he, he's stationed out of uh, Atlanta. He just left California. It was a huge bummer in mine because when he left, like like my bro left. But um, now he's in Atlanta. He's doing a bunch of stuff like nuclear engineering for some water plant company or something like that. Okay. Um, but he's the one who, he recruited her in. So it's funny because I went from being the active duty member, yeah, then to playing the role of a spouse mm. of military. You're, you're a dependipotamus. I was a dependipotamus. <laughs> no, like the funny thing was like I I was still working and still owning, you know, like I had barbershops that I owned at the time. Mm, um, okay. And you're uh, you're a, a barber. Yeah, I owned barbershops. Um, I was a barber. That was like the first thing I did when I got out of the military was okay. I got my my uh, barber's license um, with the GI Bill. And then it wasn't until years later I got into um, personal training. And I became a bodybuilding competitor. Um, and then I got into corrections. Mm. Um, so like when I was a personal trainer, that's when I was working with a, as a fit boss okay. for, for the Navy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. We talked about that one time. Yeah, right. Um, so what did you do 
in the Air Force? What was your, did they so, call it MOS um, in Air yeah, Force? Yeah, MOS, like, um, I started off as a PJ, pararescue, and okay. then um, I got injured, and then I went to uh, security forces. And then, um, so I did the majority of my time as security forces, and uh, I did missile security. So, like, um, we would have to be out, we would be out the MAFs, and you know where the map like there's a bunch of maps all over you know the United States. What's uh, uh what's so map? map is basically like where they have um, it's like a where the nukes are at, like we're okay. all all we're all our we're all our nukes are pointed to Russia and shit. Missile. Like, what's the acronym though? It's missile. like missile uh, math math. It's like missile armed facility or something like that. Like. Okay. I want to say, say something like that, like missile arm security. <laughs> what, I don't know. Somebody, somebody, somebody's going to say, correct me in the chat. So yeah, yeah. Drop, drop a comment or something, guys. So yeah. I, uh, one thing that I had a hard time uh, getting over after I got out of the military was all the goddamn acronyms, you know. And and one of my uh, one of my friends in the Navy used to joke about it. He would say, "Oh, have you heard about the Navy's acronym reduction program, NARP?" <laughs> Yeah, everything's a, 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 an acronym. I think there's, there's more acronyms in the military than there is like ever. Like, and when you when you start talking to civilians when you first get out, and you you just talk in military lingo, you yeah. know, you're like copy that, or you're like, you know, like just yeah. just anything. <laughs> you yeah. know, like um, uh, where's your bearing? I remember telling people over <laughs> long like, get your bearing into control. Where's your where's your bearing? Like, bearing. <laughs> Bearing, what, what are you talking like, about? What are you talking about? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. When uh when I my daughter was learning how to drive, um I would tell I would I would tell her I said I said it jokingly though, because I mean I've been out of the Navy for a long time, so I don't really use a lot of Navy lingo, but I did tell her that uh, you know, hey, that car is CBDR to you right now. And she's like, What is that? And I'm like, that's constant bearing decreasing range. Come on, you know. <laughs> it means you're it means you're gonna crash. It means you're gonna crash. So yep. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, that's funny. Because I used to yeah. tell my son all the time, like, avert your eyes. <laughs> avert your eyes. <laughs> avert your eyes. He'd be like, avert them. Like, I don't know what that word means, Dad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I. Oh, I. Uh, I. I still speaking of kids. I still use. Uh, or when my kids were little, I would tell them, uh, like, if, if they had to go take a shower, but I wanted them to take a quick shower, I would say, go take a go take a navy shower. Go take a navy shower. That meant get in there, wash up, you know, get the fuck out. And, Pits and balls um, and out. Pits right. balls, butts and out. Right. I'm like, don't take it. And so there's a difference. The kids understand the difference between a Hollywood shower and a navy shower. Like Hollywood is when you're just in there, you know, taking your time and <laughs> singing yeah. and whatever. That's a I Hollywood. See, I don't. I don't. Like, t- <laughs> honestly, I think Hollywood showers are probably j- just as quick, if not quicker. It, it, real Hollywood, maybe. Yeah, because like I mean, man, like there's times like we have to get ready and we're changing scenes, like we have to change mm-hmm. wardrobe for the next scene, and you have no privacy. Like mm. yeah, like you just get you have to be comfortable dropping trout in the middle of like a room full of people because yeah. you may not have the accommodations set up for you know you to have privacy. Like I mean, I've worked on productions where. You know, there's been major celebrities like, you know, Vivica A. Fox, mm-hmm. you know, just getting undressed right yeah. there in front of you. And you're like, I, uh, 
I one time years ago, man, we're going off on a tangent here. I, but that's okay. We'll get to it guys. We'll get to it. <laughs> so, uh, years ago, I, I took a tour of the set of Chuck on Warner brothers lots. Um, I had a, I had a friend who was on the camera crew and for my birthday, he invited us up there to walk around the set and they were, they were filming. They were filming for an episode of Chuck and, um, the hot blonde chick that was on the show had to do like a, you know, an underwear scene or something like that. So for that, uh, leading up to that, we got to see them film a, a couple of scenes leading up to that. But once it got to the underwear scene, because we weren't a part of the crew, they asked us to, to leave the Yeah, yeah, set. they'll 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 close um it's called a closed set. Yeah. Um when they do anything like like intimate, um they will do a closed set. And that's that's like the best thing that they could do. And even then it's still it's still kind of hard and awkward at mm -hmm. times. Um like because I did my first movie I've ever did um like where I was at a at a prominent role in it um I had a sex scene <laughs> my man <laughs> and, like, and it was like 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 I was railing her like like going uh -huh. like going to town like they didn't want no passionate intimate like no they like we want you to just drill her and I'm like <laughs> It was really awkward, you know, for me because yeah. one does this. They put not, a they put like a sock on your dick or something like what? No, like so basically you were in like a man thong. Yeah, right? yeah, okay. And um, she's like naked. I mean, mm -hmm. she's uh, she's in lingerie and her titties are out, you know. And yeah. it's just like I mean, I, it's not like you didn't see anything. Everything was exposed, like, and it was it was. I understand why Sterling Cooper did his job mm -hmm. and how, like you know, because <laughs> after that, like. After the first couple takes, you're like, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I interviewed uh, Eric Everhard uh, once too. He's a porn star. If you, if you're not familiar with him mm -hmm. and he's, um, he was telling me like back in the day, back before like Viagra and stuff, when he first got in, he said there was about five dudes, five dudes that you always saw in this, in, in all the, the adult film movies, because they were like the only guys that could like get it up on like with with a room full of people watching you know you know uh, I, that that was weird too because i could see that like right at first i there was like nothing no mm -hmm. reaction like it was a, it was like any like he mm -hmm. was hiding <laughs> yeah. he had stage fright he had stage fright dude and yeah i can imagine it because like you know there's all these strangers in this room mm -hmm. one and they're all looking at you and they're all really close to you too you got cameras like really close getting different angles and you're like, you don't want, you don't want to like be thrusting and then, then your dick hits the thing and then, you know, mess up the scene or like, you don't, it just, you just, it's just a lot. There's a whole lot going on. Right. You know? And if you're not used to it, you're like, you're not, you're not going to be able to perform. Right. You know? like, and I could tell like at first, the first couple takes that I was doing this, I was like, I was just really uncomfortable, you know, just like, I was just trying to get like into the character, but I couldn't get into the character um, as quickly because it's like one, I didn't even know this chick. Mm -hmm. Like she was, she was my co-star. We all got casted. We were, I met her at the, at the script read, but that was it. That was like the furthest of my communication. So like the second day of filming is a sex scene mm -hmm. and I had never talked to her. So like we took a break and then, um, it was just her and I in the room and they're like, we rehearsed a couple things, but then like when we were in the room, she's like, let's just go at it. Like if we were just doing it, you know, she's like, you're hot. 
I'm hot. Let's just like give them a good show. Let's just pretend. Just yeah. do. She's like, just let's just do it. Let's just go just buck wild. There you go. That would make it more realistic for sure. And it yeah. made it, it, it made it so much easier because I think she could tell like I was a little put off by the scenario. Mm-hmm. You know, she was obviously more experienced in this than I was at the time. Um, mm-hmm. So it was like as soon as we had that conversation, and then like. I had the green light. We had the green light to just do it. And we're like, cool. I mean, we didn't bang, actually bang. But, like, we did everything that we needed to do to make it real. Yeah. Yeah, that's fascinating. I'd love to pick your brain about that sometime. I used to to have aspirations of being an actor back when I was in high school and stuff like that. But um, we'll get to that later. So... So going to the topic at hand here, this false allegation, this false grape allegation, this incident wasn't what led you to the red pill though, right? Like you just recently went through a divorce. Yeah. How long yeah. ago was that? Um, My divorce was, let's see. So it finalized in 2020. Okay. Okay. A couple um, years ago. Yeah. What did the, did, did the uh, pandemic sort of like really just sort of, push it over the edge because i mean a lot of there was a lot of divorces happening during 2020 no so like everything came out so my wife had three affairs whoa okay underneath my nose yeah um i was working as a corrections officer i was a personal trainer sponsored athlete um for you know supplement companies as a bodybuilder so and i was a youth pastor mm-hmm so I was doing a lot. I was doing a lot. I was my kid's football coach. You know, um, like I said, she was in the Navy. So, y- you know, the job, you know, like there's. The, you're gone all the time. Busy. You're gone all the time. Yeah. And if you're and when you're home, I mean, you, you, you're either doing watch. You have watches where you're still at. You're st- you still got to stay overnight at work and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, she her job was very busy. And um, she ended up putting on chief, too. So. Mind you, let me just say this. I, I got her to chief. Mm-hmm. Like when it came to social, you know, things, she sucked. No, nobody, no, nobody in her command, like really were her friend. Like all the people in her command were my friends, <laughs> you know, like, okay. Okay. you know, like I, I knew everybody that was involved from the gym somehow. So um, like even, even like her, the people that pinned her were like, dude, you know, she made this, she made chief because of you, mm-hmm. you know, she wasn't going to make this shit without you. And I was like, oh, cool, whatever. She, I can give her credit because she's the one actually doing the work, but you know, whatever. Yeah. But, um, so like, and she was so insecure with my fitness change because I was 285 pounds. So I, I got, I got out when I was really injured and I was fat. So I was big and I, I wasn't as, you know, physically fit or in condition that, you know, that I was remotely attractive in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, so as soon as, as she was deployed, I was just focusing on training, getting, getting, I wanted to, you know, be the guy. So when she got back and I was the guy and she wasn't the girl, like, you know, like she, you know, you know, like deployment, you don't, you get a bunch of junk food out there, you know, you guys, you don't mm-hmm. get to work out as often. I mean, you have the facilities, but the timing is never, you know, I'll tell you what, man, uh, not, and, and I, I don't know your wife and this isn't directed at your wife at all. Oh, the your ex-wife no we call them navajos yeah <laughs> but, the bohos man but but they uh so many chicks in the navy are fat they are just so out of shape they're flubby as hell 
there was I could I could probably count on one hand ha- like chicks that were halfway decent uh you know in shape and uh I could count like less than like maybe three chicks on the entire ship that were I would consider hot. Well, see, know? then you got to remember though, like, right? They may not be hot when you first get on the boat, but yeah. when you get like six months out into deployment, and there's oh, only I know. like oh, 150 no, I know. <laughs> or 300 girls on the boat with 5,000 guys because she was on a carrier. Yeah, so yeah. when you have like 300 girls or 500 girls, period, on a ship with 5,000 men, yeah, even the three. Well, eventually, look like a seven or an eight. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. We we call that the boot camp effect because in, yeah. in boot BCGs. camp, it was, yeah, in boot camp, it was very very much the same. There was uh there was chicks that, man, there was a chick I remember in boot camp that I walked up to the we had a salad bar in the galley. I walked up to the salad bar and I looked up and through the sneeze guard I see this chick on the other side. Bitch had a beard, dude. <laughs> she had a fucking facial hair, and I was like, Jesus Christ! And I just like put my salad plate down because i was grossed out by it went and uh sat down and then when we were uh we were in birthing well we called it birthing it, they were basically barracks yeah, yeah but we, we called it birthing yes, and uh, and and so we're in there one night and uh, we're sitting there in our rdc's and we're doing like a q a session or whatever and i like a smart ass i raised my hand and asked my rdc i said i was like hey petty officer why is it that we all have to shave but the females don't <laughs> He made, he made me do push-ups for that one. <laughs> oh, man. That was good. But it was worth it. So, but, uh, but yeah, 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 you're right. Like, you go out to sea, you're out there for, for six months. Like, they start looking, they start looking pretty good because your options are limited. Yeah, you don't, and, um, you and it's like many options. It's like, uh, oh, man, well, you know how, like, we all got in trouble there with, uh, with old, with old Torsha. Oh, she, yeah. And she was saying, she was saying how, um, you know, you can't, you can't say that Pearl is getting by on her boobs and looks and stuff. It's like, it's like, yeah, it's the same effect though. Like the simps are going to be simps, man. I don't care. I don't care what she looks like. See, you know? torsion effect is different though. Like yeah. the, I call it, I call it the torsion effect uh-huh. is because she's, she's not average. Like uh-huh. the average woman in America is overweight. Sure. Yeah. So she's not she's not unattractive. So Torsha is attractive, and yeah. well, and people, I would say the same thing with Pearl. I mean, Pearl's tall. She's but she's not like. But she's not the thing. It's like fat, she's not. A, you know, but she's not attractive either, though. Like she's not attractive, but there's still simps, dude. That's all, that's all. Yeah, I'm saying, oh yeah, but I'm saying like what yeah. makes what makes Pearl more believable yeah. is because she's not attractive. Mm. In, in my mind, like because that makes her look like I, because yeah. like if you're attractive, it's like okay, then you're just you're doing it to gain attention. Right, I it's see like what it's, you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, and, yeah. and I'm not saying that's what Torsha is doing, but I'm saying it makes it more difficult for her to be believable to guys, yeah. is because it's like it's just it's just the non-X-rated version of OnlyFans for her. That's how people yeah. will, you know, that's what how people have explained it to me. Like when they listen to Torsha, it's like she's hot. She should be. She could be doing OnlyFans, but this, you know, for yeah. whatever reason, she's not. This is like the the um the the non-nudity version of OnlyFans. Where you're still getting the same you know, effect, where they're still sending super chats in, you're still getting you know people liking your video, like you're still getting paid from it to a degree, but yeah. you're still able to make something off of it, but you're just not taking off your clothes. Yeah, yeah, it's funny too. I think I think what really upset her by that by our critique was you know, and I thought that <laughs> I thought that Paul Benjamin and I were actually giving her props. You know, we were saying like, hey, look, she knows Rolo stuff really well. 
she, I would say that that Torsha knows Rolo stuff more than like better than I do, but I haven't. Absolutely. I've only I've only read his book. I've read his books like once through. You know, that's about it. You know, I watch I do watch his live streams and stuff like that, but I'm not like a Rolo guy. You know, like I I, I sort of have taken what's what I found useful from the information and applied it to everything else that I've learned. Right. I'm more of like, if you wanted to say I was any kind of guy, it would be a, a Corey Wayne guy or a Dr. Robert Glover guy, you know, like I know their material way better than I know Rolo's. So if you wanted to get into a, who knows Rolo best contest, then Torsha wins. Hands well, down. Torsha does great work when yeah. it comes to breaking down. Like I love how she like goes and she'll bring, bring out some old articles on his blog. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then and then break those down. Like she she has a thing. She does great at what she does. Yeah. You know, like I said, the, the issue for her is because she's the hot chick. The yeah. regular girls are gonna call her she's a grifter because she's hot and she's trying to use her boobs to you yeah. know use her sexuality to make money. Guys are gonna say the same thing, you know, because she's hot, you know, that's why she's getting attention, you know. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to being believable, right? That's where you remove her physical attractiveness and you throw it out the window. Right. And make, if that's not a factor, you got Pearl. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and I think, I think that's sort of what pissed Torsha off the, the most though, is like yeah. that, that we're, that we were sort of saying, well, you know, she does have a huge audience because there's simps in the audience. Right. That's not an attack on her. That's just, a, that's actually an attack on the simps, but it's, it's, sad. it's like the attack on the guys in the space that say yeah. they're red pill. That they say like they're big, they're not a simp. Mm -hmm. They just they just show how much they are a simp. Mm -hmm. Still, yeah. You know? So I think and I th yeah I think it, she's just mad that that it came across that we don't take her seriously. You know, and uh, it's not that at all. Like yeah, we do take her seriously, and we I I, I would you know love to see her grow and, and blossom and do great things. I, I mean, I know people say that women shouldn't be in this space, but I think there's a degree of you know, there is a degree where women should be in this space. Maybe not in, I don't think women should be teaching men anything, you know, yeah. um, but I think they should be teaching women, you know, they it's, should be, they should it, be focused it, on getting the women right. It would, it would work out better, but it's like, you can't keep these women out. Uh, it's really easy for them to build a following because of the simp factor. So I'm just like, Hey, <laughs> more power to you sister, you know? Yeah. And, and I, and I sort of look at it like uh, we could, you know, you can work with some of these women. Like uh, I, I've been on, I've been on uh, Allie's podcast. I've been on Sarah Don Moore's podcast now, and uh, you can work with these women and get in front of their audience and actually, you know, sort of like bring some some of these guys that 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 could use some information from a dude over to your platform and not shit on these women, you know. Yeah. And I, I so think, yeah, I don't I don't blame I them at all for using their their sexuality to 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 lure in. I think there's that, a necessity to them. Like, again, like, I mean, even from a biblical standpoint, right? You know, it, there's a scripture in the, in the Bible where it says, like, older women teach younger women how to love your husband, how to love your uh, your kids, how to be a good stay-at-home wife, you know, how not to be a drunkard, how not to be a gossiper. Like, it tells it teaches them, like, it tells them, like, older women, mentor these younger women to how to be good, young, be good women, you know, good wives, right? So the way I look at it is, like, that's kind of like, that's what I think the women in this, this space should be doing focusing yeah. on that right like because that, that kind of is congruent with what the bible says you know like don't you're not teaching men you're teaching women how to be good women you know and i think that's a good yeah. way to do it you know it's it's when they you know they start telling men how to do things is where's kind of get a little you know weird but 
you know, again, as like as long as it's congruent, you know, as long as they have as long like, as a good have, message and it's not yeah fairy tale bullshit. Like the, as long as they, it's, it's congruent with yeah. everything else, like the principles of everything, yeah. then I don't see a problem with it. But it just I wouldn't take advice from people like that, you know. It's just me. That's me either. Yeah, same, same. <laughs> but like, um, you know, back to what you were saying. Um, so yeah. I went in the military, mm -hmm. I was you know, um, I met this chick in a school when I got to the security forces, a school. Mm -hmm. um, and, oh, this uh, is your, the grape story. Yeah. The grape story. Okay. I, well, let's, let's wrap up. Let's wrap up with your, uh, your wife. So, oh, oh yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so, so, so how how long were you married? And then, um, and I guess, yeah, she cheated on you three times. So I think we, yeah, okay, we know, so let me, where I we got know how it ended. Case. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I was really busy. I was doing a lot of things. Like I said, I was a youth pastor, personal trainer, fitness uh, competitor, corrections officer, football coach, you know, like mm -hmm. I was doing a lot and I was, I was dad. I was dad and I did everything. Dad was always home. Like that was always around, like, you know, raising the kids. Yeah. You know, that, that was me. Um, I juggled everything and that's how it was. I took him. I mean, there's been plenty of times when my son was young and I would take him to the gym with me. And, you know, he would just sit in there, watch me work out or he'll work out with me. Um, there was no separation there. Absolutely none. And um, when I got in shape and I got really, you know, physically fit, my wife got really insecure, mm. you know. Obviously, I was getting a lot, <laughs> oh yeah, dread, dread was like serious, and I didn't even know what it was going on, yeah, because like I knew I was getting attention, but see, I just thought like people were just being nice, you know, like I never read into it because when I was so overweight, like it wasn't like I was getting that attention before people were just being nice to me before then, too, you yeah. know. So I just took it as people being nice for, for the longest time. I was kind of naive to to a lot of it. It's like um, uh, Dr. Glover in uh, his book, Dating Essentials for Men, talks about how he used to think women were nice, too. And he goes, no, like when it when a waitress is bending over showing you cleavage, <laughs> she knows exactly what she's doing. Yeah, yeah I, I really thought like I was like, oh, I had a woman compliment my shirt one time. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it was it was like a V-neck. It was tight, you know, I was like ripped out. And she's like, that's such a that's a, such a nice shirt. And I was like, thanks. You know, like, yeah, hey. Thank you. How? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like I was like, and my wife was right there. She's like, "Fuck that bitch." <laughs> you know, like what? Yeah. Why are you being so rude? She complimented the shirt. Like she liked yeah. the shirt. It matches my clothes. You know, it's cool. For guys that are listening, like this could you can use this to your advantage. Like yes, that actually can. does work to your advantage. Yeah. Oh, I end up doing that very well. But um, so she started accusing me of cheating, mm. and it threw me for a loop. Like I was like, what the. You know, because like I was getting clients messaging me all the time, you know, personal trainers. So and I had like two or three female clients. But the female clients, I never trained one alone and two, um, like I knew I knew their husband. Like I never took a single female client. Mm. I only took a married female client. Yeah. Um, and I did that for my own integrity. Like I just never wanted to be put in that position from after being accused of something you never want to be put in a compromising position to where you are ever looked at doing something negative like that ever again right. yeah so and and i had to know them know them like it wasn't just like oh they met me at the gym and they want me to i would you know i was very very 
you know, strict on who I, I would have to like, you would go through a vetting process, mm-hmm. you know? And so like she ended up started thinking like I was having an affair with one of my female clients and I'm like, what the hell are you tripping? And then, so I started doing like the whole placating to her, jumping through hoops, constantly trying to prove to her that I'm not doing anything. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. That, and that's the wrong way of doing it. Yeah. And I realized what she was accusing me of what she was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, George Bruno, George Bruno in the comments one day was saying that a lot of times women will accuse you of doing something that they're doing. Yeah. It's like the guilt of what they're doing. If they, if they're doing it, they believe that you have to be doing it too. Mm-hmm. That's how they rationalize it. It's, it's like, yeah, it's a mental gymnastics thing. It's like, if I'm doing it, they're doing it. Yeah. So they have to be doing it. Like, look, he's looking good. He has 6% body fat. Oh, he has to be cheating on me. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's gone all day long. He's always working, working. You know, he has to be cheating on me. Mm-hmm. And my location was always on. So you can always track where I was, yeah. you know, like. And so I started like jumping through all these hoops to try to placate to her. And then um, I just noticed things. I started like that. All the signs were there. When I look back at it, all the flags were there. Like, you know, um, when she put like a, a, a restriction on like, when is the operating time, operating hours for sex between this time and this time? Mm. It was like before 8 a.m. and before 9 p.m. I'm like, I'm gone at work before eight mm-hmm. and I don't get home until about nine. Yeah. So we are basically saying that with, by the time I get home, there's no sex available. Right. And so like, it was, <laughs> the like sex that. shop is closed for you. Yeah. I was like, sir, business hours. I don't have like, I don't, I know the owner. Like I can't get in. My, my girlfriend, if she's listening to this, which she, she usually does tune in on, on Mondays. Uh, she would be absolutely appalled by this. This is she, my, my girlfriend has what she calls the 3am rule, which is, you know how you wake up. Sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night and you got like a rager, you got a raging heart on and oh, it just yeah. it, like, it takes you out of, wakes you out of deep sleep because it's so, like so the throbbing. of it is just like throbbing. It's like, yeah. And you're just like, fuck, you can yeah. like, you like, you swing it. You're knocking over lamps and shit. Like my girlfriend says, don't even wake me up. Just put it in, just Good. put it in. Just that she's like, I will help you relieve that pressure. You still worry about it, you know. She calls it the three a.m. rule. I'm my entitled. Girl now, <laughs> my girl now will. My girl will now would wake up if she sees me like yeah. saluting the flag. Yeah. She just climbs on. I could be, dude. She's that's a good woman, so many, man. That's she's fucked woman. me so many times while I'm sleeping. <laughs> she's yeah. like, I think dude. she's like that was great last night. I was like, what was? <laughs> Did you even wake up? <laughs> no, I was. I'll be. I'll be. <laughs> just yeah. 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 My uh, my girl. She's like, uh, don't don't even wake me up. That that would be disrespectful if you woke me up. Just put it in. <laughs> just and she, like I, my girl tells me the same thing, and I don't. Yeah. Like, I, I I just like because she goes to sleep late and she gets up early, and I'm like, I just can't do that to you. I just can't. You're gonna ruin your whole day tomorrow. You're gonna be exhausted. What I- what what keep, usually keeps me from from doing that sort of thing is like I'm too tired mentally to like I'm like, I, I mean I could do it, but then I got I gotta like physically do stuff and and I'm just too tired to do it. <laughs> I'm I'm old as fuck, man. But <laughs> I mean, it's also like the consent thing. Like I know people say consent's not sexy. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, your situation, which is a good segue into that. Um, yeah. Cause uh, yeah. Cause I'm, I'm not a consent guy. And you know, like we talked about this, you know, ahead of time um, and we can get into it a little bit, but I've always looked at it. Like it, as long as a guy sort of reads a girl's body language and, you know, you can tell if she's, if she's down or if she's, you know, if, if she's like, you know, back it up and stuff, you know, okay, cool. You know what? Back off. So if, as long as you can read the body language, you don't have to verbally ask for consent. So I'm, I'm sort of against that, but your situation is a little bit different. So that, I think this is actually a, a pretty good segue maybe. Yeah. Like I would say the same before the incident. Yeah. Um, I was, I would say that same thing. Yeah. Like you can just pick up on body cues. You can pick up on body language. Um, but this you know, was this wasn't an issue with with body language at all with this chick. No, right? no. Yeah. Every there was there was there was there was verbal consent. Mm -hmm. Like she in, she invited me over there for this. Yeah. Like, let's um. Well, let, before we get to the incident. Um, yeah. I don't I don't want to rush it. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, so how did you meet this girl initially? So again, like uh, we were in a school. Mm -hmm. You were, you said oh, you were, you want me to wrap up like the divorce part first? Like, cause I feel like we didn't leave. Oh, did that. we not wrap that up? Well, yeah, we I mean, okay, I can, yeah. I can wrap it up really quick. So like, yeah, let's I, wrap that up. <laughs> I found out like her phone broke and she was actually on a, um, on a, like a, on a, uh, she was doing a, um, a floating from San Diego back to Washington. Okay. Or like a turtle back. Or is it turtle back? Something like that. Is that called turtle back? uh right. tiger cruise no, no it wasn't the tiger cruise tiger cruise is hawaii back well, hawaii to back yeah. yeah um i'm not sure what what the... it was it was like it was just like workups okay right they're doing some workups before the deployment they're getting ready to deploy in a few months they were just doing a few workups to, you know test whatever out mm -hmm. and um so her phone broke and she emailed me and told me that her phone broke so i order a new phone Mm -hmm. and like she sucks at phones so i always had to like update you know like plug in her email you know do the whole you know download you know backups and everything like that for her so i was like you know i'm just gonna get it all set up for her and be ready to go mm -hmm. well i did that and then like the phone's on so it starts beeping and like all these messages so i'm thinking they're notifications like for the apps or whatever i was just trying to like silence everything yeah but then there were all these messages Mm. and with all these different guys and like or the three different guys that i know one of them was a friend of mine um mm. and good was, friend yeah yeah asshole um mm -hmm. and it was like it blew my mind like so i found out about all three of them all at once mm. so she and, she was seeing them all all three of these guys at the same time no that's the thing it they happened in different over the 13 years we were married they happened at different times oh wow okay so you were married for 13 years all right yeah we were married for 13 years so they i found out about all three of them when i found out about the last one mm. and um it like rocked my world but they're all still messaging her no these were just all saved messages oh she just saved them all oh yeah well, like okay because you know like your cloud will back them up and then when you download it it will download all your saved stuff mm -hmm. so when i see all these messages i'm like oh, what who like you know like the one of them was said hubby and it wasn't even my phone number <laughs> like you know what i'm saying like oh 
Work so, hubby. Hmm. Yeah. Work, <laughs> you know that, that work husband on deployment? Deployment no. husband? Yeah. And um, <laughs> so I found that all that out. It hit me all at once. Um, you know, we got divorced and, you know, I lost custody of my son. Mm. Um, and uh, I just started getting into Hollywood. So I really didn't have much going on. I'm, you know, I'm, I get paid by the VA for disability for injuries. Um, and so I did I, like, I was just doing that grinding and doing that. Cause I moved back to LA before mm-hmm. the divorce and um, we got divorced while I, we were in LA. And um, so I just, my end, my work just getting in the industry just started. I just started getting some traction. So I didn't even finish like my first movie yet. I was doing like little stuff. And then um, we got divorced and you know her and my son went back to washington she ended up marrying the guy that the last affair guy she had you know partner mm-hmm. and i just remember like my whole world come crashing down mm. you know the church that i was involved in as a youth pastor um blamed her affairs on me mm. um you know basically i wasn't a good servant leader husband servant uh, leader yeah if I, if, I was, <laughs> if I was a better servant leader she right, wouldn't right. She wouldn't have been, you know, like because that's that new trad messaging that they're yeah, pushing yeah, right it, now. The servant leader, yeah. And it's funny because I had a conversation with Michael Foster. You mm-hmm. know, he's on part of Twenty One Con um, about this recently. Like me and him had a phone call. Um, pretty, de- pretty decent guy. Like you know, really nice guy. Um, I know him and Rolo have issues, but you know, to me, he was very nice and very. Yeah, the, the 21 convention guys are uh, what Rolo refers to as a no-fly zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And see things, I, 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 I told Rolo that I was I had this conversation with him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, and Rolo had full disclosure of our conversation. I was cool with him about it. Um, but it, we just talked about, like, biblical stuff and everything. So, you know, I don't have no issue. Like, your beef is their, their beef. is not, not my beef. Yeah, I try yeah. to stay out of that for the most part. Yeah, I will not work with Anthony Johnson though. Just no, I don't, I, don't think, I don't think that's a just that's just a no go for everybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and just uh, just you know, the guys like I've 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 had guys that have been to Twenty One Con on my podcast. I mean, hell, you know, Rollo and Ryan and and Rich Cooper and all those guys. Zero started from there. All, they all, all Rule Zero started from there, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, like I've had uh, you know. Uh, John uh, Sanmez from Bulldog Mindset on and stuff like, so it's like I, I don't necessarily have a beef with the 21 convention a, as it is. It's it's like Anthony Johnson. Like I just I've I'm I've listened to all these guys' stories and I'm just like, all right, yeah, no, don't I don't have to tell me twice. Yeah, so like I the my church, um, the pastor like demoted me from being a youth pastor mm. because I didn't have the affair, but my wife did, but. You know, but you weren't a servant leader. I was a servant leader. And then he ends up putting her, having her fill in for me. Mm. The uh, adulteress was uh, filling in as the youth pastor. Um, So I kind of left the church after that. Yeah. And then yeah. <laughs> um, when the divorce like finally took place, like it just rocked my world. I was mm-hmm. suicidal. Um, everything spiraling down. Um. And is that how remember, you got in, is that how you got into the red pill? The red pill, yeah. Because I remember I was actually googling, trying to figure out like reasons like to make it, you know, like 
why is it what how could life be worth it after divorce mm-hmm. and i came across the rational mail on youtube mm. and it was rollo and, and pat at the time mm. and i remember watched his live stream and that's when i first heard about this book the rational mail and who and rollo tomasi and i knew the name because in hollywood i mean everybody knows this from la <laughs> confidential you know like that's a character name so i was like what? That's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I bought his book, read his whole book, like within like 48 hours or something like that. And I remember going through it. I'm like, I literally, he everything he talked about in there, like experiencing, mm-hmm. I lived there. I was like, does this guy write a story of my life? Is he like over my shoulder, you know, spying on me? You yeah. know, because I literally been through all this. And um, that's when I realized like, I'm not the only person. I'm not the only guy that's going through this issue, mm-hmm. you know, cause I would try to talk to other men that I knew in my life that were, I looked up to and like, they didn't understand. Like the, it looked as like, they looked at it as, as my divorce was a failure of me as a man, mm-hmm. as me, as a husband and a man, my divorce was, is the, is, is the, is the effects of my failures of a husband and, and a man. And, and, it was like, I, I never had people specifically look at me that way because, um, like all, almost all of my aunts and uncles have all been through divorce. Uh, my mom and dad never did, but they're like, you know, they've been together forever and they're, they're, they're miserable. <laughs> you know, they're, they're yeah. that couple. But when, um, but I felt that way. I felt because my parents never got divorced. My grandparents never got divorced that I was a failure. I was like the first generation in, in my, you know, in that line of the family to have failed. And, um, I, I had to, I had to ended up changing my mindset about the whole thing, but that's how I initially felt about it. Yeah. And then see, like funny things like my uncles and you know, it's like they had a bunch of divorce. My dad had divorces and you know, um, my dad, my dad went through a lot too. And, you know, I remember <clears throat> people asking me in the family, like, well, is it, you just couldn't make it work? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I did. I had, you know, I, I had some uh, old Navy buddies. I had a Navy buddy that unfriended me because of the divorce yeah. because he, he was, uh, he had a common law marriage with uh, this Filipino chick that he was with forever and she passed away. And he was like heartbroken that she had passed away. And he was basically, you know, that love struck, like, you know, she was my one true love thing. And like, Oh, if you know, if, you can't let her go. And all this. I'm like, it has nothing to do with me letting her go. She divorced me, bro. <laughs> like, Yeah. And, you know, it you wasn't, know. I think like the, the hardest part of it wasn't so much losing the ex-wife. Yeah. I think it was losing the title and the position of who you were, like your, your definition of a man. Cause mm. men define themselves through their titles. Right. When, pe- times, when you, yeah. you know, you ask them like, Hey, so what do you do? Like, like who, who is Paul? Like you'd be like, you could say, Oh yeah, I'm on this pod, I'm a podcast host. You know, like, that's a title. I'm yeah. a husband. That's a title. I'm a father. That's a title. I'm a personal trainer. That's a title. I'm, I'm a correction officer. That's a title. These are all titles that men like give themselves. And that's how they define themselves is through their title. Mm-hmm. And then when that's taken away from you, when that's stripped from you, you yeah. don't know. You start your, your identity is so much in, ingrained in who you are. Your title is that when your title is removed from you, that you didn't you didn't give it up, but somebody removes it from you you feel like you don't know who you are. You know, mm-hmm. you start losing, you feel like you're, you lose your identity there. You're trying to redefine yourself. 
And I remember going through that. I'm like, I don't even know who I was. I, I became a shell of myself. You get, uh, the, Rolo calls it getting zeroed out. Yeah, yeah, getting zeroed out. And I remember going through the whole process. And um, I remember reaching out to Rolo in an email. Like, I, this, I wrote him a novel. Uh, he never responded <laughs> and, and i don't blame him it was, a, it was he's like, a busy guy yeah it was like it was like it was like 10 pages long you know like it was yeah, ridiculous yeah. but um he talks about the too long didn't read generation yeah like <laughs> my I, man's I, suicidal here yeah, no. yeah i pretty much wrote him like a, a, my own version of the rational mail like you know like it was yeah. it was forever i think i even sent him a few audio messages too like for like an hour long yeah. you know um the first person i talked to was uh john from bulldog mindset we did a lot okay. together um, I reached out to him. We did a live stream together and we're talking about it. And it was, it was through my process of like, I needed to talk to somebody in this space that knew what was going on, mm. that understood what I was talking about, that helped me talk it out, talk it through. Mm -hmm. And um, we were talking about being zeroed out and suicide, male suicide, because I never experienced it really that much until then, that verge of just that despair and, and that desire to just end it all. Like there was, there was like no the no hope right like there was there was no reason there's nothing i could find that was worth it at that time mm -hmm. and so talking to him and we did a live stream and like listening to rollo's work and and reading i read all his books um and you know then i you know started listening to everybody else in the space you know i listened to actually i listened to rollo rich ryan for the longest mm -hmm. time and then i saw Paul Benjamin on Rich's show. And then shortly after that, that's when I connected with Paul. And then Paul actually ended up being my coach mm -hmm. um, and helped me uh, go through the traumatic, the traumatic experience of, of the divorce and everything that went through it with it. And um, so the divorce happened and Paul is the one that kind of like really bridged me over to getting over it. You know, we did a EDMR therapy, um, and it was it worked for me. It was great. Um, What's so, um, I'm not familiar with EDMR. It's the eye rapid movement. Um, just like uh, he's gonna kill me because he's gonna. We're gonna talk about it tomorrow like, or something. Um, <laughs> okay, I got it here. Eye movement desensitization yeah. and reprocessing. It, okay, so it's like it's it's for people with PTSD and stuff like that. This this mm -hmm. technique kind of helps them um, re like reframe the experience mm. mentally so it helps you like kind of remove the negative thought or image or the you know the, the feeling that you have with it by implanting a positive in yeah. there um and it takes time you know yeah. but you know there's 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 keywords that you know you, you say like, like how do, what are you experiencing right now when you think about this what is your experience how to define like one or two words and then you know it's reframing those words and then inserting them into this you know image here in your head and like if mm -hmm. this is this now do you still see it this way like well no mm -hmm. you know so it's 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 reframing it and it works it, it took some time but it definitely worked for me um and it was from there that's when i started diving deeper into this space and that's where i got there but you know you would think i would have got there years ago yeah yeah <laughs> from the from from the grape issue and that's where we're going to now Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is an even better transition. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you meet this girl? Like if, if, if uh, you sent me some messages on Instagram about it, this was a girl that was like, she was sort of like a friends with benefits type chick, right? Yeah. So I met her at tech school. 
and tech schools are your guys is a school or c school mm -hmm. or whatever yeah and um you know we just we she ended up getting merged into our flight some for some reason like either i think she got like she got injured and then she was put on like a medical hold so she couldn't go back to training mm -hmm. um until like you know she got cleared and then she obviously was going to go back to her flight or you know her her um her uh squadron because they're already in advance they're ahead of her so she got washed into ours mm -hmm. and during like during a school like we didn't really talk that much like we knew mm -hmm. each other mm -hmm. you know but she was being a social butterfly and like remember you know few women a lot of guys tons of attention yeah. right <laughs> so she was, she was getting like he was like talking to all these guys whatever and i didn't really care like we would hang out as a group but never like really hung out with her individually until i got to like i got stationed to effie warren in wyoming mm. and um so that's where i live that's why they don't colorado so well because i lived out that ways was that is that up in cheyenne yeah it was in cheyenne oh my uh my cousin was uh he was an officer in the air force he was stationed up there for a while yeah so I ended up going to station up there and um, eventually I bump into her. Like I'm driving to my barracks mm -hmm. and I park and see like, we didn't have co-ed barracks. We had like floors, you know, like, so like you wouldn't have men and women on the same floor. Mm -hmm. I think it was, you know, you would have one floor for women, one floor for men or, you know, whatever like that. Um, and so my barracks are right here. Hers is here, like they're next to each other, mm. you know. And I remember easy to slip in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, well, you could go in there at all the time. Like it was co-ed, like, but the floors were not co-ed, and you could go into a girl's dorm, but yeah. you just couldn't be there after certain hours or whatever because they had the dorm guard monitors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so like, I'm going into my dorm or parking, going into my dorm, and she yells at me and she's like, "Hey, is it?" She called my name. I'm like, "Is that you?" I was like, yeah. I'm like, she's like, it's me. I'm like, oh, hey, what's going on? Like, she's like, you're here too. I'm like, yeah, I just got here and, and we're just chopping it up. She's like, well, you should come over. We should get together. I'm like, yeah, cool. She's like, she's like, where are you at? I'm like, oh, this my dorm's right here. She's like, oh, I'm right next door. I'm like, cool. She's like, how about you come over tonight? I'm like, cool, sounds good. So I come over, and um, we end up hooking up. We end up banging it out. Right? It's amazing how that works out. Yeah. <laughs> Like it was I, like, it was like no, not even no, no effort. Just yeah, showing up. I, yeah. I, uh, just real quick side story. When I was leaving a school, there was this chick, uh, I still remember, uh, her name was, her name was, uh, well, we'll, we'll leave it as Navy chick. She, um, she was an IS, uh, intelligence specialist. So she was going to IS school and I was going to OS school. I was an operations specialist and, my flight out because I was leaving. I graduated A school. I was supposed to go to my next school in Wallops Island, and uh, my flight wasn't until the next day. So the Navy put me up at the Navy Lodge because I lost my room in the barracks. So they put me up at the Navy Lodge uh, for the night. I put all my stuff in there, and I was like, "Well, I'm going to go down to the barracks and see who's over there." And so I walked down there, and I saw this chick, and uh, you know, I sort of loosely been friends with her through throughout all of a school and i walk over there and she's like oh i thought you graduated i said oh i did they got me over at the navy lodge and she's like she's like oh really and i go yeah you want to come hang out tonight and she's like yeah so she shows up 
she shows up and um she, i don't know what her deal was but she goes in there and just like she goes in the bathroom washes her feet and then basically just like makes herself comfortable and she's just like and i'm just like oh, okay and then we just fucking just started going at it and it was like it was almost yeah. like she knew she, that she knew you know that was her plan all along was just come over for a hookup and it was yeah, like, that's exa- that was amazing exactly to me it was. it was like dude it was like the easiest sex i've ever had in my life like there was no, yeah. no, no effort like no, yeah i was no. i was 19 you years to, old you have to even show that i was interested in her yeah you know? i was I, I was 19 years old i had i had you know i had uh girlfriends before that i had hooked up before that you know lost my virginity when i was like 16 in high school so it wasn't like you know i wasn't used to having sex it was i wasn't used to having sex that easy yeah and, you weren't used to having to work for it right like take him on some dates and all this kind of work up to it and got to woo him a little bit and bring yeah. flowers and shit no just this chick just showed up and let's fuck and it and yeah that's when it i was realized great. <laughs> it was great it was wonderful anyway yeah. so it was like chick- those experiences like like those hookups experiences where i realized yeah. like oh oh you don't got to do all this shit you only got to do that shit for the ones you really like, you know? Right. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? But you don't really got to do all that for all these girls. So anyway, well, see, like, I, I, that didn't even sink in though. At that point in my life, it wasn't until after. Did my, you think it was like a one-off? Like it was like, Oh, this is just a, a yeah. fluke. Yeah. It was a flu- <laughs> I thought it was a total fluke. Yeah. I think the sure. first time I thought that, but after I, I mean, I had a couple, regularly. I had a couple, I had a couple of hookups, but they were all Navy chicks. So I just thought Navy chicks were just slutty and, oh yeah, but, not, but, but regular good girls aren't. I oh, know good girls slutty too. Yeah. No, like see, like being in the church, I knew pastor daughters were sluts. You know, mm. I banged a few of those, yeah. um, and then we prayed, and asked God for forgiveness. You know, we had yeah. to do that afterwards. Like it was like, you know, we got to ask God for forgiveness. Well, it'd be oh, weird yeah, to yeah. do it during, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, <laughs> we me and this chick hooked up, right? And you know, it started becoming a regular thing. She would invite me over, and it was I I never invited her to my place. Mm-hmm. you know she always i always went to her place um and then like there was like three weeks to a month no about a month and a half like we just didn't see each other like my work schedule changed um we were we were both like uh security forces but we worked mm-hmm. in two different divisions like there is the um missile security and that right. means you had you're part of prp so you had a higher clearance and then you had just um the le the law enforcement side and then you're the you know, gate guard, you know, pretty much. And um, and that she was part of the law enforcement side. I was part of the missile um, security side. And um, so, like, our schedules changed, and, like, we didn't really see each other. And I heard that she got with somebody. I heard she got a boyfriend. So I wasn't even, like, going to entertain, like, reaching out to her. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, she got a man. That's cool. She's you know? spoken for now. Yeah, cool. No problem. Well, then, like, a month and a half, like, to almost two months later, she hits me up. She's like, hey, come on over. I'm like, no, okay, cool. Come over. And um, everything as usual. You know, everything got down. And that night I'm leaving her dorm room um, before, like, the monitors come through, you know, and uh, get us all in trouble. I'm leaving. I close the door. I say goodbye. And I'm walking towards the exit. And I hear another door open up behind me. So that's another dorm somewhere down the hall. Open up. Another guy's leaving. And he's, he notices where I come out of, and um, he realizes that I just came out of his best friend's girlfriend's room. Mm. And his best friend was on a TDY. 
And What's TDY? So, like a temporary duty station. Like, you know, he's going, he's not like, okay. it's like if you're like stationed at, let's say, um, Everett, Washington, mm-hmm. but then your, your temporary duty station is in Bremerton. Yeah. So you're okay. reporting to Bremerton for like a month, okay. you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's TDY and, um, you know, like he decides he's going to confront the girl, you know, like, hey, why is this dude leaving your your room this day? Like, what the hell is going on? Like, before, like, going to his, his friend and, and saying, like, your girl's cheating on you, he wanted to get, like, the scoop, right? Yeah. So he, he, he addresses her, like, a day or two later and calls her out. And um, she told him that I took advantage of her. Mm. And she's like, don't tell anybody, okay? Like, just, because she she didn't want to get in trouble with her boyfriend. She she got she made up she fabricated the stuff that uh, uh, an accusation that would absolutely fucking ruin your life. Yeah, and she was thinking she didn't think it was going to go anywhere. Mm. And she like she like promise me you won't say anything. Promise me you won't say anything to this guy. And the guy being a stand up guy, like when you hear like this, somebody just been sexually assaulted, like you're not yeah. going to be quiet about that. Like yeah, your bro's girl just got assaulted. Yeah, and and. It, and just in general, if you're not gonna, if you know or you believe that someone just sexually assaulted somebody, you're not just gonna be quiet. And be like, okay, I won't say shit. Like, mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna do the right thing or what you think is the right thing, and that's gonna be reported. Well, that's how it happened. Like, five days later, after we had, we hooked up, I get a call. I was off base. That um, OSI was looking for me, and that's like the Air Force version of CIS or NCIS. Yeah. And I was like, what the, f- what, why? Mm-hmm. And then a homegirl, like, um, she hit, she's the one that told me this, a friend of mine, she's like, she's like, cause they say, yeah, you, they're, they say you did so did, um, did something, something to so-and-so. I was like, what the, f-? like, did you hook up with her? I was like, yeah, but like, what are you talking it about? Was, I was like, it was consensual. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, what, do you, what do you mean? Like, yeah, well, they're looking for you. So I went back to base and I went back to my dorm room because they're like, we'll get, we'll, we'll come to you. I'm like, all right. So I'm like on my way to my dorm room, parked my car. There was a, her boyfriend's friend and her boyfriend, all these guys outside waiting for me Mm -hmm. by my dorm. And then we get into a fight. Like it was a brawl. Like, you know, I had me and a buddy of mine at the time and we just get into a fight. And so, like, you know, kicked a couple asses, got a little bit of my ass kicked, you know, and um, got to the dorm room. And then it's like four in the morning when OSI came in and they took me to this to the interview station and they took me to go get interviewed first. Mm-hmm. And then they took me to the hospital to get a rape kit done. Mm. And that probably was the most embarrassing, more embarrassing than going through maps. Yeah, because What's, I mean, yeah, I've never, I mean, I've never experienced they're doing that. a whole What's, lot of swabbing, like in your urethra kind of shit. Not on your urethra, but like you know, in your areas, like they're doing like getting body hair. They're getting, mm-hmm. you know, that when you go to the hospital to get this done, the doctors and the nurses that are doing it, because they mm-hmm. were female nurses that were administering this, they know why you're there. They're they're judging you. Yeah, they already know, like, you're getting this test done or this kit done because 
you did something or that you assume that you they assume that you did something mm -hmm. you're at least being accused of it yeah, yeah you're at least being accused of it and they know what you're being accused of mm -hmm. and it's the most embarrassing thing because no guy wants to be branded or labeled as somebody that does this mm -hmm. so go through all that i'm thinking i'm, I'm not i have nothing to hide mm -hmm. so i'm just gonna i'm cooperating with them yeah, you, you know, want to do, want to do a rape kit test? Let's go. You know, I, I, it, that's one interesting thing too, because a lot of people have that mentality, right? Like, oh, if you're if you're innocent, you you have nothing to hide, right? Cooperate with the cops. W one thing that I learned getting my concealed carry permit is that don't cooperate with the cops. Like, get an attorney. Shut the fuck up and get an attorney. I didn't do that until like halfway through. Whether, right? whether you're whether you were innocent or not, right? Like because because. Anything you say, right? That you know what? Anything you say can and will be used against you. It is a fucking fact. So you want to shut the fuck up and yep. say, "I need an attorney." Yep. And um, because like you're you're on the impression, right? Like, if I tell the truth, if I'm just honest with them, right? You're gonna be clear. Honesty and is the best policy. That's yeah. I mean, the cops, are, but the cops are not your friends. They're not. Just, this, it, this is for the this is for the guys in the audience. So, like you obviously know. Cops are not your friends. And it's the way that it's the way that they um they investigate. Mm -hmm. Right. So um it's actually called uh man, what is it called? It's called um uh, it is it's the way that they uh they investigate. It's um I'm trying to figure out the term again. It is uh it's like the the approach is um oh it's the presumption of innocence, right? So mm -hmm. they, 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 it's the presumption of guilt when they, when they, when they are um, investigating you, mm -hmm. the presumption is of guilt. Yeah. So the, instead of coming from a neutral place, instead of like from a fact finding case, when it comes to sexual crimes, any kind of crime, really. Yeah. Well, the, the, and actually the, the, uh, the center for false um, accusations or, or um, center for, I got it right here. Center for a center for center for uh prosecutor for prosecutor integrity. Mm -hmm. Um they, they describe it as like uh they they tend to see these cases to be more like presumed guilty in during the uh, investigation rather than um presumed like coming from like a level of innocence or like neutral. Yeah, like like they just assume that you're guilty. It's probably it's, it you think that's because uh it's sort of like the idea, you know, we're all sort of raised, especially men, and there's a lot of male cops, but a lot of men are sort of raised to like protect women, like got to protect women at all costs. So it's like you just immediately assume you're this guy's a bad guy. Well, we, I think it, there's that, but we also know that there's quite a history mm -hmm. of these like instances over time. Like we've, we've all war brides. We know that they would just rape and pillage women, you know, like we, mm -hmm. we know that there's this bad behavior that has been displayed by men when it comes to interacting with women that has gone unpunished for a very long time, mm -hmm. you know? So like, it's just kind of like, we just all kind of assume like, oh yeah, he's capable of that. Mm -hmm. Like it's the fact that like, we know that they're capable. We take that the, 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 the fact that they are physically capable of doing something like this to it. That's because since they're physically capable of doing it, they did it. Yeah, you know, yeah, without yeah. without doing a due diligence. So, um, 
yeah so I, I try to work with the law enforcement and when they actually told me that they're charging me with it because mm. they didn't tell me right away mm -hmm. they did the investigation they did all the probing stuff like that um i didn't leave their office to like six in the morning the following day yeah and yeah they, they don't typically just lead with you're being charged they lead no. with uh no, if you're if you work with us, like it, you know, things will go better for you. And you're like, yeah, I've got nothing to hide. It's like, and I remember like you had a report to your like a uh, yeah. first sergeant, like for you guys it would be like a chief, right? Mm -hmm. So I had a report to my first sergeant and told him what happened, and and you know he's like, if nothing, you know, you're a good guy, you know, like this this should be all this you know it should be all washed over. Don't 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 worry about it, you know, like. If, if what you're saying is true, no problem. Mm -hmm. You know, this would be a little bump in the road. Just keep your head down. Well, at that time, there they didn't. There was no, they had no physical evidence. Let me just tell you this: they, they had no physical evidence because it was days later when they. Yeah, I was gonna say. I was gonna say rape kits need to be happen like on the spot. Yeah, like basically like right after the attack for them to get any kind of DNA evidence from an attacker. She, yeah, it was days later. She's already showered. I've already showered. You know, like mm -hmm. there's no there was no trace evidence of anything. Mm -hmm. All they went off of was her statement versus my statement. Mm -hmm. And that was all the evidence that they had. Right. They had that. So they had no they had no way to confirm who was telling the truth. But that was the evidence that they ran with. Now, I felt like at the time there was a lot of pressure to prosecute because mm -hmm. just down south in colorado springs they just um women uh cadets were talking about the sexual hazing that was going on so the air force was already under a negative microscope at the time mm. so they needed an example or also, you at least thought at least thought they did also kobe bryant was also being going through his case in colorado at that time Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So I think like it was a combination of both because F.E. Warren is a big base, but it's a small community. Mm -hmm. So people that didn't know me knew what, what I was accused of. Everybody knew what I was accused of. That was like the worst thing. Like it was, it was no kept secret. Like it was already out. Everybody knew. Mm. And um, I went like the, the court martial took nine months and nine months of like, being assaulted or attacked, you know, threatened, had my car vandalized, you know, like, wow. And these are from people that I had to serve with, right? Like, I didn't know who did it, like the vandalism and stuff, but you know, these are people that I had to work with. Mm -hmm. And I remember going through a really bad depression. I ended up having to get hospitalized because I wasn't eating. I wouldn't want to leave my dorm um, just because of like what was going on. I didn't really feel like I had a whole lot of allies or I didn't talk to anybody. Like, I didn't. I didn't tell. I didn't tell nobody in my family what I was accused of mm, until mm -hmm. I actually had the court martial, and I didn't tell my mom because my mom was a rape victim, mm -hmm. so I didn't want her to think that I was like the guy that you know did something to her. I told my dad, and my dad and my mom were divorced, so they didn't care. And my dad flew out for my court martial, mm -hmm. and I remember like going through it like. It was like we didn't know what was going to happen, like the day of it. Then the guy that, long story short, but the guy that ended up turning me in, ended up being my star witness. Really? He, he ended up witnessing her do this again. Mm. 
she ended up doing this again at some party. She got it. She did it again during the middle of the court martial. Okay, mm-hmm. that that chick just sounds like a a genius. But good for you. That's lucky for you. Yeah. Well, and she also perjured herself on 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 the stand as well. Did so, she get it, in trouble for that? No, of course not. Yeah. So like they they you know um they got the charges like after the court martial I was reinstated and everything but the mental stress and damage already took place mm-hmm. like everything during that nine months already already hit me so hard it deliberated me from even progressing any further in my military career that I ended up getting out on a on a medical discharge mm-hmm. um because I, I had PTSD from everything uh you know they said that like you know just was I, I lost my clearance so once i lost my clearance i was like that's that's pretty much it for me mm-hmm. um so it ended my career short and how long did you end up serving like only three years yeah okay and it was such a it kicked like that was it was even that too knowing that i my goal was 20 years like mm-hmm. i'm 38 right now yeah like I would be fully retired. I have friends that are like in the Navy. Like one of my buddy who's who retired as a, a senior chief in mm-hmm. the Navy. He was a nuke uh, on subs. He was on the Alabama. Yeah. Um, and me and him are still talking. We actually just talked the other day. He's in he's in he's in Nevada. So when I go out to Vegas, um, like uh, in the beginning of February with Roland all them, with Thor, um, I'm gonna meet up with him. You know, while I'm out there. But like even this, like, this will have this will have dropped after you guys met up. But <laughs> there's a space <laughs> but, um, time continuum here with the, the Monday episodes. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, like even like um, with him, like he was telling me like, you know, there's a lot like there's a lot that goes on. And I was just I was just so white. I was so depressed just like from failing. Mm-hmm. And that was my goal. 20 years, 20 years, retired, 38, could pursue another career like golden. Yeah. And then my whole world went down from there and this spiral of like alcohol drugs you know trying to you know figure things out um being afraid of women you know like i remember when me and my wife got together like the only way that i could have sex with her was to get belligerently drunk Mm -hmm. because that was the only way that i could um i had to be i had to be high or drunk in order to have sex because that was the only way i could like detach from anything was it finally like what was it finally paul benjamin's work that helped you through through that or did you get did you get some therapy while you were married i didn't i didn't get therapy for that at all Mm. um one like the va wasn't really helpful at first Mm -hmm. i didn't get like my benefits like really until 2018 and mind you i got out like way earlier than that the PA is so inefficient. Like, actually, I still have a case with them. I'm like, I have a case with them. They're they're supposed to pay me back from all the way from 2006. Mm. You know, so me and my lawyer are working on this like back pay since they, you know, raised my benefits to 100% now. So they're like, well, if you guys know that he's supposed to be 100%, he's supposed to be 100% back then. So you owe him all these years of not 100%. Mm -hmm. So we, we got that going. But, um, you know, it's just like there was no help. So I had to figure it out myself yeah. and I kind of fell in. That's when I kind of fell back into the church. I mm. grew up in the church and that kind of like was my saving grace. Like, 
you know, um, met my wife, met my wife in church. I was hung over in church and um, met her there. And then that just kind of like falling into the tradcon world mm-hmm. um, kind of got me out of the alcohol, the drugs and stuff like that. You know, um, that was kind of like what that's what I needed at the time. Yeah. And that worked. And I thought like that, that frame was going to be the my saving grace forever until the affair but like yeah. it was like working in counseling with, like with pastors and stuff like that working with pastors um really is kind of what helped me get through that like although i never looked at it as this is how women are mm-hmm. i looked at it as like well you were fornicating with somebody that was not your wife mm-hmm. so right out the gate son you're doing sin you're right. committing a sin and when sin happens sin happens like when sin happens right. shit happens, right like yeah. so like well can you what can you say like you're committing a sin shit happens and that was kind of like the way I, how i you know end up justifying is like okay well i was doing wrong because i was sleeping around with somebody that wasn't my wife and blah 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 and so this is this is a, 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 a an effect of not doing it the way the bible says yeah that's how I, that's how I understood it or justified it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like how I processed it, you know? And then it was until after reading Rolo's work that I started working on that aspect of my life, like understanding why and, and knowing why these things took place. Like mm-hmm. Rolo's work really helped me a lot in, in understanding just the dynamics between relationships with women altogether. Like yeah. even my own relationship with my mom, I understood why certain things were the way they were because of who she was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, oh yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. I could see that. I can, I, I look at my mom in a different way now, not necessarily that she was, you know, she's this hypergamous slutty creature or something, but, but yeah, just like her ego investment and, and stuff into her kids and how like women sort of look at kids as an extension of themselves, you know, kind of, kind of thing. So I, yeah, I, I absolutely see that. Um, when I, I'm in, I'm dealing with my mom. Oh yeah, it's funny because I was just talking to Afi last night. I was dropping him off to the airport because he asked me a question. He's like, "Man, like, how do you, how do you navigate this relationship?" Like, because he knows like me and my mom have a, an estranged relationship. Like, I don't talk to her. Mm-hmm. Like, how how are you able to just cut her off like that? I was like, you know what? It's all about frame. Mm-hmm. Frame is everything. Always be in, you know, always control the frame in your relationships, and you know, never get off There's- the. There's a reason why it's iron rule number one. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, if I was like, think about this, t- remove who the person is, remove who this person is to you. So remove the fact that it's your mom. Would you take this behavior from any, would you want this behavior from any other woman in your life? He's like, no, I was like, well, there's the principle. Mm-hmm. That's the principle of it is like, you wouldn't take this behavior from anybody else. But so the fact that it's this person, that's what's hanging you up. So if you go back to the principle, if this behavior is bad and you don't want this behavior in your life, it doesn't matter who it comes from. Mm-hmm. You remove whoever's committing that behavior out of your life. And he's like, if you, I, and that's what I did. I put up the wall and I don't communicate with certain people anymore. Mm-hmm. Like understanding the frame aspect of the red pill, like that was more mind blowing and eye opening than anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Have you read Ryan's book yet? His newest one? Oh, uh, Praxeology. You know what? I just ordered it. Okay. I haven't so read it yet. I'm, I'm, I've got it right here, but yeah, I just ordered shout it. out to, to Ryan Stone. 
<laughs> I did. I did. Watch the, I did read the first one though. That was pretty dope. That was a good one. Oh, his his fuck files book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one's a, that was actually in, interesting. I, and what I really liked about that was uh, I didn't know he was a sailor. I didn't really know that much about Ryan when I bought that book. Um, mm. I mean, I, I knew of him and that's why I bought the book, because I was sort of on this journey of uh, reading all the Rule Zero guys stuff so that I could get him on the podcast, you know, and, and, and get to know him. And so I was like the one thing I, I love reading. So I thought that was the best way of doing it is actually getting to understand them by reading their books and stuff. And I was like, holy shit, Ryan's a, Ryan's a sailor too. This is great. So. Yeah. I didn't become a big reader until I turned 30, you know, right. Mm-hmm. And because that's when I was going to college for um, uh, ministry. Yeah. And when you're going to divinity school, like there's a whole lot of theology you're reading. I mean, you're reading yeah. a lot. Like I have books like this thick, you know, like, so yeah. then I started getting to reading then. And then I read like all of Rolo's work read ryan's work read rich's book um rich's book is good too really like, like i've read rich's that book. i've read that twice yeah. yeah i also got that one on audible that was cool mm-hmm. I, although i wouldn't hire him as a voice actor ever. <laughs> you know <laughs> i mean i do voice acting so i was kind never. of a stoic guy yeah yeah but his edits were rough like i mean they were rough I, yeah I, rich if you listen if you ever watch this you know there's I a mean, few, uh, there's a few gotchas in, in Rolo's yeah. latest book. I, I, I reached out to Rolo cause I was going through and doing his, uh, I was doing, uh, his 49 maxims of game out of that book. I was doing a, a, a TikTok series of it. And, uh, as I was like listening to it, I was like, Hey, at, at this time, Mark, there's this mess up here. And, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like, I like Sam Bada. Like, Did you I, like so you know so, I like uh, Sam Bada's voice way better than this other guy? Like, I mean, no disrespect to the other guy, but I'm the opposite. And in, in fact, I don't want to say anything bad about Sam Bada because uh he like I mean he he and Ryan and, and uh Roller are, are real close. So this isn't like a, a jab at Sam, but to me, Sam's voice comes across as really like cynical and condescending as he's reading the rational mail. I like it, it. I think it, I like you know? I think so I think so there I, was a like, moment because like it yeah. It clicked to me like, like you idiot. Like the way he was saying it, like the way he was delivering yeah. it, like if, as if he was reading it to me, yeah. made me feel like I was an idiot for not catching it. And mm. I was like, that's that's kind of what I like. See, I thrive off in negativity. Like, don't, <laughs> don't most people me, do actually. Don't yeah. give me a pat on the back. Don't give me like, oh, yeah. you're great. Like that shit doesn't do nothing for me. Yeah. Everything that I succeeded at doing is because somebody told me I couldn't do it. You know, mm. like. Like when I got into bodybuilding, like I was 285 pounds. I knew competitors that said, like, you will never get on stage, dude. You don't have what it takes. Well, I beat them. <laughs> I beat them. I outplaced them. I got sponsored before them. I, you know, like I did it. You know, same thing with school. Like my mom told me I was stupid as a kid, that you know, I was I was not bound for college. Well, I ended up going back at 30, becoming a 4.0 student on honor roll the entire time. In a, mm. in a in a in a degree that like I, mean, I don't use it's not even a, I don't use as a profession at all, but like I understand that read a dead language that nobody under speaks anymore, like you know like I did it like you know getting into Hollywood, yeah, who makes it in Hollywood? Nobody ever really makes it. Like all the people that really try, it's like the percentage is less than the NFL. Yeah, I got into more feature films in my first four years than the average person. I got more speaking roles. And make connections. Like I have Tom Arnold's phone number in my phone. I, I work with Tom Arnold. He's a friend of mine. 
I've worked mm-hmm. with, you know, international celebrities that, you know, modeling, runway, photography, like I have a plethora of friends and connections now, mm-hmm. you know, like that most people would never have gotten. Yeah. And, and it's all because somebody told me oh, you couldn't do it. Mm. You know, so like, don't, don't tell me what I can't do. If you, t- if you want me to succeed, like if you want me to become president, tell me I can't become president of the United States. You're like, oh yes, I can. <laughs> like you thought Donald Trump was bad. Wait. <laughs> you know, like, like the President Glenn Lawrence on that. Oh yeah, like I have, I did a podcast about that. If I was president, what I would do? It's pretty. Oh funny. yeah, yeah. You and uh, uh, Phil, Foster Phil Foster have one yeah. where it's like, who would you vote for? I saw, I saw a, a thing on social media about that. Yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> We're talking about like how we would fix divorce and stuff, but ah. like going through everything. Yeah. Like the whole, you know great allegation it changed the way i interact with people mm-hmm. completely it also changed the way i look at things like now when i hear about people getting accused of things i'm the last one to, to make an assumption mm. that's like, a this smart whole, way to go because a lot of people immediately jump the gun they immediately jump the gun it's like oh you, my god yeah when you are when you are accused of something like this it's a crime that you never get to shake. Mm-hmm. Like when people know about what you are allegedly accused of, you you're never cleared innocently all the way. Right. And here's the thing. And the reason why, because the feminist narrative, right. Mm-hmm. will say that, well, they just don't have enough to convict him, but he did it. Mm-hmm. You know, they t- believe all women. Right. It's this patriarchal, you know, um, institution that set up. That's why he got off. You know, there's you're never clear. There's no like, although the judge and everybody could, you know, verdict you could be innocent, not guilty. The, is no, it nobody still on, Is this still on your record, like, or is it expunged? No, no. no, it's like it's. I mean, like, I don't have any charges on my record. Okay. You know, like, I mean. Like if they did, a, if if someone wanted to do a background check on you, they wouldn't find like I. I mean, I like I said, I worked for the I worked for the penitentiary. I was a yeah. crisis officer, and that never popped up. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's so, probably pretty safe to say it's not. Then. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like it's not there. I mean, I've had clearances, top secret clearances, and uh, like when I worked on on base as other things, you know, like after the military, it never showed up. But it it may not affect like your. It affects your social you know, um, environment and, and interaction more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And then that ends up affecting your work relationships. Right. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Like for the longest time, I didn't feel comfortable working with a woman. I didn't like working with a woman alone at all. Like ever. Yeah. It took a long time to get me comfortable. And then, and, and like when your boss will ask you, why, why but you have a problem with her? But, but she do you like, you don't want it to say like, "Hey, I was involved in this," and then now, then they're gonna think of you like, "Oh, so this guy's one of you know he's, yeah." We don't want him working with girls either because you know he's he might be doing you know like it's it's so negative. Yeah, you can't even bring it up. You, you no, gotta you, bottle you, that stuff in. Yeah, you have to hold on to it. You have to hold it tight, tight to your chest. And it's like you know, when you find a girl that you like, mm-hmm. and you know she's wondering like, why aren't you just jumping on her bones? Like she's sending you all the choosing signals, right? But you're waiting for this audible, you know, consent because like you are stuck at this gate. You're not going to cross this line until you have something, you know, that is irrefutable Mm -hmm. to clear, you know, to say that this is what's going on. 
and women yeah. don't handle rejection very well. No. And then they, yeah. they'll throw the signals at you and they'll ask you like, what, why aren't you like, you know, why aren't you picking up the signals? And they'll, they'll, they'll just like curve you after throwing so many signals and you're not jumping on it because you are smart enough that like you're like, no, no, I got to protect myself here. Mm-hmm. I want her to say it, you know, like, yeah, yeah. You know, like that's, that's one thing that we brought up and maybe we can wrap up here. Cause we're, uh, we're way over oh, yeah. time, but, but, um, it's going to be a long episode, which is fine. But we were talking about this, uh, sort of backstage. I don't know if we talked about it a little bit at the beginning too, but I've always been the guy that's like of the mindset of, uh, you know, there's guys in the comments that say, oh, well, I, I don't even want to talk to women because you're going to get accused of this sort of thing. And I've always been like, well, how often does that really happen? And you don't need to verbally ask for consent. Like you can sort of read body language and stuff like that. But your situation wasn't like that. You went into a situation where you did have consent. The body language, she invited you to hook up, but she accused you to try to get out of trouble with her boyfriend. Right, like that's a yeah, fucked I mean, up there situation. There was text messages too. That's the funny thing. There was text messages that that cleared me, mm-hmm. but because of all the pressure and everything that was going on at the academy, and yeah. everything that was going on in Colorado with Kobe, like they, the commander was going through the whole. He was not going to like like, and he was going through the whole thing. Yeah, you know, at my expense, and you know, it's it's I, I get it. I want to. I'm glad that he did his due diligence. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't want him not to do his due diligence and, and and do anything like that, like just cut corners just because they believe that it's it's not true. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that they went through the full thing. The thing that I'm not happy about is the fact that they didn't protect my innocence until mm-hmm. proven guilty. Right. They let me get convicted by public, you know, and popular public opinion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. First and allow the things that transpired. Like they didn't necessarily allow it, but they didn't do anything to deter it. You mm-hmm. know, there was no protection there. You know, and that's actually a tactic that uh, like San Diego district attorneys do. They will if they're prosecuting a case, it doesn't matter if you've been if you're still going through the court system, you're innocent until proven guilty. They will release it to the press and the press will drag you through the fucking mud and you are guilty until proven innocent. It's like they're trying to poison the uh, the juror pool. It is. You know, that's what they're doing. And and it's like again, 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 the police. And the system is not your friends. That's why you need no. to lawyer the fuck up and shut up. <laughs> you gotta look at this like you could be the most innocent person. Yep. You could say one statement that it could be misconstrued, mm-hmm. and they'll take it to mean something else, something that you're yep. not even referencing it to. Well, one thing too, a lot of people don't know this, but there's uh basically if you're being uh question by police and whatever the police write down on a piece of paper becomes what you said, whether that's mm-hmm. what you said or not, Alpha doesn't David. matter yep. legally. That's what you said in court. And so that's why you shut the fuck up. I, I cannot stress this, stress this enough. You shut the fuck up and you say, I, I want to talk to a lawyer or my lawyer. If you have one, great. Usually, yeah. you know, you might not have one, but um, don't but, make a statement at all whatsoever, mm-hmm. ever. Like, please ask you, like, take you in for questioning, lawyer up. Mm-hmm. I don't care if I, it's day walking. When I, when I uh, got my concealed carry permit, I signed up for concealed carry insurance through U.S. Uh, was it USCCA. And what and the reason why I did that was because how much a lawyer costs during my divorce. I was like, I'm prepaying for this shit. So the USCCA, yeah. if I, I if I 
if I shoot somebody, uh, they, they give you cards and, and if you shoot somebody, if the cops show up, you hand them the card and you shut the fuck up yep. because basically the card says, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to cooperate with the investigation. But first I need to speak with my attorney mm -hmm. and then the USCCA will provide you an attorney, but they say, shut the fuck up and don't cooperate with the police. You know, yeah. wait till the lawyer. Yeah. And, that, and it, it sounds bad, but you have to, you have to, you end have of to. The day, you yeah. have to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to me, like when it, now I'm, I'm a lot better working with women, mm -hmm. you know, now I understand things so much more. I understand signals. I understand body language. I understand like the medium is the message. Mm -hmm. I understand, you know, so much more now than I did then, but I could understand, I could see why guys are hesitant to want to communicate with women. And the reason why is because they don't know everything else they don't know body language they don't know how women communicate you know they don't understand women's nature as as well as they should and it's because of that the fact that they don't know is why they're like you know what it's better for me not to communicate with them because i don't know how they communicate because they were never taught they're not or, or they're not taking the initiative to learn and i'm yeah. like even I, even though being accused of it like i've worked with I just did a I just did a, a film with um with this chick that's on the t TV show SWAT, mm -hmm. you know, very beautiful young actress, like very you know, like we had a good time, and we connected, we we vibe, you know, we're chilling, we're having a good time on set, no problems, even like I did the sex scene right in the movie, mm -hmm. no problems once we got into it, you know, it took time to get comfortable because you know it's a stranger, but like. No problems when you understand how women communicate mm -hmm. rather than, you know, assuming. That's what that's uh, that's a great point that you make, because that's one thing that I think a lot of these guys just don't understand. They're they're so afraid of what they've heard in the news stories like this. I don't want guys listening to this story going, well, see, that's why I'm never going to talk to women. It's like, no, you should really take the time, take the time to understand how women's nature, how to understand body language. It's really not that hard. You know, there's plenty of YouTube videos on it and it, you know, and then, you know, test for interest. That's really all you can do. Uh, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't live in fear of stuff like this. No, I would, I would never tell guys to live in fear. Even now I refuse to live in fear. My approach may be different than yours. Mm -hmm. but I'm not living in fear. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, well, and, which is good. Cause I, I, I do like, um, I do like having other guys, uh, takes on stuff, you know, cause I, I, I don't look at my ways the only way, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's so like, I, I personally am, you know, I, I say, don't, don't ask for consent. Um, you know, look for body language, stuff like that. What, what would you recommend to guys? So in my relationship, I'm a dominant. So, um getting like uh, an answer you know a, a rhetorical response from her is part of the process you want this dick don't you yes i want you to fuck me that's that right there that's 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 consent mm, okay yeah yeah so I, I i sexualized it i i made it i made it part of you know Ooh, my, i like that man yeah you know so like i took something that like i that would be a turnoff yeah and I reframed it to where it's my tool, you know, like, it's like, I'm not asking permission. You're begging me for it. 
Mm. You're asking me for it. I'm just, I'm giving you the answer and you're, I'm giving you the question and you're responding. Yeah. That's actually a, a smart way of doing it. Cause I mean, generally a lot of guys don't realize too, that women love dirty talk. So, yeah. um, and they, if you tell them stuff like, um, you, you know, you, you love the way I fuck you and stuff like that. Right. Like, you know, in their left ear zone guys, um, if you do that kind of stuff, uh, they, man, they like, even if they don't verbally give you something back in this case, you, you do want them to verbally give you something back, but even if they don't, they are internalizing that shit and they are like, it's, it's, it's getting that hamster wheel going and they are just turned the fuck on. Yeah. So like I end up using something that was a hindrance. Mm -hmm. It's a turnoff and I use, I use it to my advantage. You know, because I established yeah. that dominant presence. I just established that dominant man. Like I'm a very dominant person in in general. You know, yeah. I can be very calm and collective, but when it comes to like my shit, like you're not you're not gonna push me around. That's Definitely smart. There, there's there, uh, a similar example is um, there's a lot of guys in the space that say like don't don't confirm dates, right? Set the date and then show up, and it's like, right. and I absolutely like I always confirm dates, but the way I do it is I will message them like the night before and say, Hey, I can't wait to see what you picked out for me. That's it's not a, a, a needy way of doing it. And it's kind of a flirty way of doing it, you know, well, but see, you're like, still, still confirming. I do it again, like the same thing, more dominant. I'll message them. Mm. So where would I see tomorrow? What mm. will you be wearing? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So yeah. Like it's, it's more of a one. I, they already know what, where we're going to meet. Cause I already set up the date, yeah. but I'm confirming by the way of, making sure that they know that I know where they have to be tomorrow. Like mm -hmm. that they know that I know there's an obligation or there's a, there's, there's an appointment that they have to meet tomorrow. They gave their word. So I'm just reaffirming that with them in a very like dominant, you know, standpoint. Yeah. Right. So like, it's like they want this dick. Oh, they're going to be there tomorrow. They're going to be wearing this tomorrow. You're not going to wear panties when we, when I see you tomorrow, you know, like, mm -hmm. so when I see you, like, you're going to prove to me that you're not wearing panties. Like, like that. there's a way to do it, right? Mm -hmm. That where you could still get consent. You could still get, you know, the, the, the verbal, you know, um, confirmation of everything mm -hmm. and it not be a turnoff. Yeah. It's just how you frame it. And, you know, it's kind of like, and I'll tie it into with your, 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 um, pro your program mm -hmm. that you just did your course. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're about, um, well, it's really, your, your course is about like pursuing. You, you mean this course? That course. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you want to attract? You know, like mm -hmm. there, there's, there's a, there's a reframing in your mind that you have to have first before you can start attracting the things that you want to attract. Right. You yeah. have to recondition how you view things and how you're, how you see things. And first, before you could even start attracting these things. Yeah. A lot of guys don't realize that your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions really control how your body operates and, and how you carry your cross, how you carry yourself and how people actually see you. They can see when you like, when you're nervous, people can see your fucking nervousness, oh, right? Yeah. It's not magic. It's not hocus pocus. It's not vibrations. It's fucking no. like your emotions control your body. Absolutely. Yeah. And as an actor, like it's really that like your course really hit for me. Like, I think it's like, in a way it's like a really good intro to acting course when Is you it? think about mindset right when you oh. think about framing because every time i get a script and i get a role right i get a description of this character and i got to become this character i got to become this character to the point where it's believable right 
well, how do I do that? I got to become this person. Mm. Well, how do I do that? I have to reframe my, my, my mind onto who this person is. And I got to be like mentally become this person and make it believable. If you got to believe it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I got to convince myself that I'm this person for this time, you know, and I'm this, I'm this character and mm -hmm. this, the mannerisms of this character is like this. Like, and I, and I start mimicking it. I start becoming this character during the time of filming and that's who I am, mm -hmm. you know? So like it, you're like I, I kid you not like that was the first thing i thought of like when it was you know reviewing your course like this is like intro to acting 101 like like this is great like it connected well, it's, with connected it's, with me fu it's that. funny that you that you uh you know likened it to acting the reason there's a specific reason why i made that the first course that i that i made i'm gonna i'm gonna make a, some other courses and stuff like that it's also the first chapter in the book that i'm writing because once you can master the you know, what we call the law of attraction, right? But once you master your mindset, uh, you, that's, that's everything else goes from there. Like you can get the jobs that you want. You can, you know, uh, get the kinds of girls that you want because it's all mindset. So once you fix that mindset, anything else is possible after that. So that's why I made that like my, my first course. No, it's a great, it's a, it's a great course. Everybody that's listening, just do yourself a favor, whether you are, good with you know with women or good with you know your career this course will benefit you it, like you will open your mind to see things differently in areas that you may not have seen them in like that's why i said like i saw this in a great way of, for acting I, I would recommend your course to actors that are new into the industry just for the simple fact for the way that you you simplify understanding how like reframing you know or you know like just how to get your mindset right like it's 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 way different than a lot of other people that talk about mindset. Mm. You know, it's a little bit more like the I would say it's like the layman's version of mindset. You know, it's it's not yeah, saying I, I would agree with that. I'm not. I would not, be your uh, lame, but I'm just saying like it, no, it's, no, it's, it's like it's, something that digestible that anybody yeah. that from any age could actually listen to and understand, and without the the big words and, and without like the huge terminology, and, and you do away with like the woo woo mystical magic stuff which mm -hmm. makes it more just, you know, science-based and that's more like attainable rather mm -hmm. than like make believe. Yeah. And I think that's what like really hit home for me. Yeah. I, I really did want to sort of make it for the, the average guy because, uh, man, I, I, I'm one of those guys that I cannot stand, uh, $10 words, you know, uh, I, I, I couldn't finish Jordan Peterson's 12 rules for life because I felt like I had to walk around with a thesaurus with that shit you know, you know rollo's <laughs> book did the same thing to me too like yeah if rollo uses some uh he's some ten dollar words for sure you know i yeah. have the word like superfluous like Dude, everyone down. does yeah ev I, that's I, in like, everyone's every lexicon like, now. Those term words in this in his stream he goes all right class here's here's your here's your you know vocabulary word for the day like no i literally write that shit down and i and I, I look it up and i understand it i try to understand what he, like like yeah. it's a new word for me to learn i'm like okay cool like it's education like, i gotta take it you know, because he's some big words. If it, it, like so, Rollo, the way he he works his words in, it's in a way for me that I can understand the flow of the sentence, and so I go, I can figure out the gist of what he's saying. Yep, yep. Where whereas uh, someone like Jordan Peterson's book, it's like every word is an unnecessary ten dollar word, and I'm like, yeah. I can't understand the flow of the sentence. With I can the, barely understand the way Jordan Peterson talks. He talks well, like the, how he writes. You know, yeah. so like. Sometimes when he's talking, I'm just like, 
like I had to like watch the his address to the church mm-hmm. video like four or five times before really understanding what what he was. I mean, I knew what he was getting at, the gist of it, but yeah. like to get really in depth with it, like I had to really understand, like take time to like really pay attention to this because it didn't it didn't come across so easily for me. So mm-hmm. like I don't even want to read Jordan Peterson's word. You know, no, it's it maybe may good, but it, may, it sounds like a chore, and it doesn't even sound yeah. like even someone remotely like you know entertaining. You know, yeah. like no, like nah, I'll I, take that I, back. I had a guy who uh he's going through the course now, uh, and he's a firefighter. And he was and, and I apparently I didn't know this about him, but apparently he's a high, just a high school graduate, and he's like, dude, you've broken it down to where a high school graduate could just could understand this. And I, that was my goal. Like I want people to to go into it and have fun with it too. Cause it's a very relaxed course. Like, you know, it's not all very strict. I'm, I'm sitting there drinking sodas just like this. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> I guess like, the way that you did it was so informal, mm-hmm. but educational at the same time where okay. it's like, yeah. it's like you're just talking, like we are just talking now where you're just talking to your bro and he's just downloading some, some information to you. And mm-hmm. you're just you're just discussing it as if you would talk to anybody else. Um, and it wasn't like a lecture. It wasn't like, you know, course, you know, classroom, get your books out, you know, turn to page 76 and we're going to be reading about, you know, like it wasn't nothing like that. It was very, you know, casual, but informative. Mm-hmm. And I think I think everybody will really benefit from, you know, taking time to get that course. Like and I don't push courses <laughs> like one thing I, I don't even have. I would never I don't even plan on creating a course for myself. Like Thor keeps on trying to get me to create a course. I'm going to help him with this dominant masculine presence course. Because mm. um, I actually a, really like that course. <laughs> it's a great course. It's a great yeah. course. I mean, I've I've read it. Um, I reviewed it numerous times. Um, and I'm going to be working with him on developing like the the, the physical side, like the, how to become that guy, right? So because it works, falls right in line with acting too. Yeah, you know, you yeah. He, he uses uh, he uses an example from uh, Vikings in that on like uh, yeah how the actors actually have to learn this so that they can have that presence on TV. The mannerisms, yeah. the, 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 the character, the walk, you know, just, just all the subtle little things that you kind of overlook. Yeah. That really create, it's not the, it's not the way that they say the words. So it's, it's not like the, the, the volume or the, 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 it's not like the tone, you know, so mm-hmm. much it's, it's in, it's in the, it's in the body language. It's in the mannerisms. It's in, it's in every little detail, how he turns mm-hmm. his head, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, like how, how he's his, his stance, you know, um, how he looks at people. It's just, it's so, all these little details are so critical in becoming that character. You, you know re- what? If, I don't mean to cut you off. Uh, man, we're getting, uh, we're getting really long here, but that's fine. Uh, the one thing that I've done since that course is I try when I, when I, I, I have the habit of walking up to people, like as I'm walking th- by people in the store and I, and I nod to them like, Hey, you know, how's it going? And he talks about how that's a submissive thing to do. And I was like, I never thought about it before. That's just something I've done my whole life. So now I'm very conscious of it. And so I'll like, I'll be at the gym and I'll, I'll, I'll go up to someone. I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. And they'll nod. I'll go, fuck, you know, (laughs) like in my head, I'm just like, fuck. It's not the nod down. So it's the nod down. That's submissive. You go, right. It's the up where you're supposed to dominate. It's like, right. man. That's why like, like I, I'm beating myself up over it because of that course, because <laughs> I find myself doing it now. And I never, I never thought of it before until that course. And so now I'm like, dude, either 
don't fucking nod down at all. <laughs> That's better. That's better. Not not doing it. How about you just avert your eyes? Avert your eyes. Just Break eye contact. Dude, I'm, I live out in farm country. We're too nice. We're fucking waving at. We do the farmer's wave when people drive down the road. The whole arm. Like, oh, yeah. The big fight. Hey, neighbor. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, so what I'm trying to do now is just get to a place where I just am not immediately nodding. <laughs> and I'm just just trying not to nod. And then I'll, I'm working up to it. I'm working up to the place where I'm like, sup, SA? Oh, my dog's, my dog wants out of here. We better wrap this up. All right. Yeah. No, it's, it's more of a challenge. Like, right. When you're not up, you're challenging yeah. them. Yeah, I'll do it. It's a challenge yeah. of masculinity. You're like, what's up? You want to get down? Like, is right. it in the streets? And, you know, gangs would be like, what's up, man? Who are you? Mm -hmm. You want to fight? You know, like, yeah. It's, it's a challenge. So the nod down is submissive. Like, no, I don't. Like, you're bound down to them. Right. It's like mm -hmm. taking a knee, you know? So, Anytime you nod up, like you have like that mindset, like it's like, oh wait a minute, this could get this could get this could get real. <laughs> you like, know? It's, it's like making eye contact with people. How it, yeah. it, it, you have to step out of your com comfort zone to even do that for the same reason. Yeah. So, uh, my dog's going nuts here. So let's uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glenn, two uh, hours. Wow, dude, this yeah, this was a great conversation, man. Um, where can people find you online? Well, you can find me on Instagram at Glenn underscore Lawrence underscore presents. Um, it's on YouTube at Glenn Lawrence on Insta on Facebook at Glenn Lawrence. Uh, my website's glennlawrencepresents.com. Um, Twitter, I think it's Mr. Glenn Lawrence. You know, I'm on social media. Just Glenn I'll put, Lawrence. I'll put links in the description. Yeah, um, I think I think I have like a I have a link tree that has everything that that's all connected. There, there you go. I'll put the link I'll, tree I'll, in the I'll description. Yeah, um, but like you know, for me, I think my where I'm moving now in this space now is like I kind of want to build a bridge. Um, I want to, I want to build a bridge with, uh, not to say build a bridge, but I want to show like, you know, people from religious backgrounds that you could have a, a red pill lens and still hold on to your biblical worldview. I think mm -hmm. that like, you know, people like Hafiz and, and Ruslan try to really like shame the red pill, um, mm -hmm. you know, and try to say that it's not biblical and, you know, it's not, it, it conflicts with their religious views. And I, I, my goal is to like, really just ex clarify these things. There's show a that whole... They, there's a whole Christian red pill, uh, yeah. rock. Yeah. Like that, I mean, yeah, I, that's like, that, that's, that doesn't make sense to me, you know? And, um, I think, I think what they're doing by keeping men, Christian men that not in, they're not allowed to read this content. They're setting it up for failure. They're setting those guys up to go through what I went through, mm -hmm. you know? And I, I don't wish that on my enemy, on my worst enemy. I do not wish them going through the divorce and the, and the turmoil and all the stress that I went through. You know, mm -hmm. so like I'm trying to help bridge that gap. Now I'm not the most my 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 reverend caller is not the most cleanest anymore. You know, like I definitely off really don't you know attend church on the regular anymore. But I still have my beliefs. I still, yeah. I still read my Bible. We're, I still have my you know. We're all sinners, brother. Oh yeah, you know, like I still I still believe and I still yeah. uphold the values and and try to walk out that life as best as I can. I just mm -hmm. know that like the modern day church today is not is is feminized. And, you know, there's a few pastors out there. Like I, I've connected with a few that have it together, um, mm -hmm. but not, not, not many. And yeah. so my thing is like the guys that are leaving church and they're trying to they're find their way here and they're conflicted. I'm trying to show them that like, you know, look, you could have your biblical worldview. You could have your biblical beliefs and you can still have the red pill lens. The red pill yeah. is just a bunch of tools. You get to pick and choose which tool works for your worldview and apply it. You don't have to be, you know, banging a bunch of women. 
Yeah. If that's not your conviction. You don't have to have multiple wives or girls if it's not your conviction. You, yeah. You if, if any red pill content creator is telling you how to live, that's not red pill. And it's, <laughs> it's not even the red pill content creator telling people how to live. It's the people that misinterpreting red pill content are exactly. telling people they're saying that you have to do these things or, you know, it, you could do these things. And nobody, nobody's, nobody in the red pill is saying that. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that's my kind of lane right now. That's what I'm working on. I love it, man. Well, uh, keep in touch. You know, we'll, we'll, you know, I'll pop into the dragon ship periodically so you can follow Glenn on the dragon ship as well. I'll post a yes. link to that too. Uh, other than that, man, Hey, thanks for joining me today. This, uh, this is uh, an epically long podcast. Yeah. So a good one. You might want to break this one in two or something. I don't know. Oh, that, maybe I will do that. Part one, part two, part, two. part one was the marriage part two. Is the, 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 maybe I will do great. that. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. All right, man. Uh, All right, man. Take Have a good easy. evening. Thanks Appreciate for joining it. me. All right. Peace. Glenn, thanks for joining me today, brother. You're you're welcome back anytime. Uh man, that's that sucks that you had to go through all that. Those uh those false allegations that would uh that would be an issue for a lot of guys. I think the information that you you gave the guys today though is is very useful, especially for guys that are afraid of situations like that and they want to prevent that from happening. Uh, without just completely giving giving up on women altogether. So um, thank you again, man. And like I said, you're welcome back anytime. And otherwise, I think I'll, I'll probably see you on on an upcoming episode of the Dragon Ship because I pop in there quite a bit these days. All right, guys, that's pretty much all I have this week. Uh, if you haven't done so already, please like, subscribe, hit those notifications, drop a comment. Any comment will do. Uh, if you're listening on your favorite audio platform of choice, give us a five-star review and actually write out wh why you like the show. Follow me on all social media platforms, not just one, you know, like, oh, I, I only, I'm only on Twitter or whatever. I'm on all of them. <laughs> and I suggest you follow me on multiple ones because uh, I might get banned at any minute. And, uh, you know, as someone that's worked in the IT field for a long time, I sort of like that redundancy. So if, if, if you like my content, you don't want to miss anything. Follow me on it. At least, at least two platforms. So the links are in the description for that. Get on the Patreon, patreon.com slash come on man pod. You can join for as little as $10. Get on the beer credits at the end of uh, these episodes, these Monday episodes. And um, if you want more than that, right? If you want some, some kind of coaching, maybe you want like life coaching, maybe you want some date coaching. Um, I'm helping lots of guys out right now with that sort of thing. So get on either tier two, tier two or tier three of the Patreon. And that's how I handle my coaching. It's just, for me, it's just easier for that. It's subscription based. And, um, you know, once you get what you need from the program, then you can, you can cancel your subscription. It's, it's, it's not that hard. I don't, I don't lock you in with a contract. Like, okay, this is six months. We're doing this. It's get what you need out of it. And then, and then get out, you know, it's, it, it's as easy as that. I have uh, I have a couple of people that have transitioned out of the Patreon already. They got what they needed. They're they're you know on the path that they want to be on. Great, <laughs> more power to them. You know, I don't want to keep you here forever. You know, eventually, you know, Birdie's got to fly. Birdie's got to fly the nest. So, but uh, but if you do think that you need some help right now, join the Patreon today. Patreon.com/slash Come On Man Pod, and uh, it's either tier two or tier three depending on what your needs are. Uh, be sure to get on the email list, list.comeonmanpod.com. I will send you some free stickers for your troubles. If you like these designs too, 
Uh, you can also get these on t-shirts and mugs and stuff like that from my merch store. You can get that at merch.comeonmanpod.com or if you're watching on YouTube, down below the video, I've got some of that merch uh, available there because it's through Teespring and there's an integration with YouTube. So check that out. Uh, check out the Law of Attraction course, my practical Law of Attraction course. It's chick crack free. So there's no woo-woo magic. There's no crystals and chakras, okay? it's it's uh, th There's basically three explanations for the Law of Attraction, right? There's a spiritual one, there's a quantum theory one, and then there's a psychological one. So for this course, I really tried to stick to the psychological explanation for the Law of Attraction just to keep things in a space where more people will, you know, will believe it and, you know, sort of get the best results out of it. Because if you don't believe it, it's, you're not going to get any results, right? You're, you're paying for the course to go, this is bull. This is bull crap. I don't believe that. So I tried to explain it using psychology and psychological explanations for things so that you're like, oh, okay, I see why this works. I see how this works, right? So it's a, it's a, it's a mindset course. It's about reprogramming your subconscious mind to achieve goals so big that it will blow your mind. So check that out. A lot of people have taken it already. A lot of people are, are giving it uh, five-star reviews. If you go to loa.comeonmanpod.com, I, I posted five of the reviews there. Those are real reviews from people that have actually taken the course. So check that out. And uh, you know if that stuff resonates with you, then uh, sign up, buy it. There's there's four and a half hours of video with that. It's not just, you know, a, a bullshish course. You know what I mean? So you get a lot of information out of it. You're going to get a, you're going to be able to put that stuff into action. Like as, as soon as you start going through it. So, all right, guys, that's pretty much all I have for this episode. Um, Catch me on Wednesday for the live stream. I don't know what that is quite yet, but uh, I'm sure it's a good one. The live streams have been really fun. I've been doing those every Wednesday and Friday mornings since uh, since January, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. A lot of the guys are are in the comment section, uh, sounding off, chiming in. It's 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 been fun. I I mean I don't necessarily like getting up so early because it it posts at 10 a.m. Eastern time and. Uh, and I usually get up and for me, that's 8 a.m. That's 8 a.m. Uh, mountain time. And I'm usually getting up at like 7.15. So I have like 45 minutes to to get ready and get on camera. And I'm usually still pretty tired. I have enough time to like get some coffee, you know, add some elements that I need, you know, maybe a video clip or something like that. And uh, and then hit hit record. Right. Like or go live, the go live button. I, I don't have a lot of time in the morning. That's usually why like, I have a cup of coffee and energy drink like right there because I'm still waking up. <laughs> but they're fun anyway. They're fun. So catch that on Wednesday. Other than that, we'll see you guys later. This has been the Come On Man podcast. New full episodes served hot every Monday morning on your favorite podcast platform of choice. So subscribe now. Follow Paul on social media. The links are in the description. Now, go out and get it.